Gentlemen, welcome to the Gird Up Podcast. We are glad that you are with us as we get started. A friendly reminder that nothing we say here is meant to be perceived as the official statement of doctrine or belief of any particular school, church, or calling body. We are not affiliated with any particular school, church, or calling body, and that everything we say here is simply the belief or opinion of the man who states it and nothing more. Let's get started with the show. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. Comedic role. I'm picturing it. I don't know. I'm not going to look at it. <laughs> All right, we're going. Okay, we're going so we got my... two guys with us today. I, of course, am Charlie Ungemach. Um, we got Nate Scharf and David Scharf. How are you guys doing today? We're doing well. Thanks right. for having us on. Awesome. Very good. Thank uh, you. So tell us who you are. Let's start off like that. Who okay. are you guys? Well, oldest to youngest. Oldest to youngest. All right, then that's me. I'm uh, Dave Scharf. <laughs> uh, you both uh, are hey. a little gray in the beard, though. I think his is blending because <laughs> it's longer. I think that's the difference. <laughs> We're not talking about that. Above the years, we don't call that gray. It's it's pewter. Pewter. That's what it is. Um, No, I'm Dave Sharf. I am. uh, I grew up in West Dallas, Wisconsin, and from a family of fourteen, I'm the troubled middle child, number seven, as close as the Middle East you can get, anyway. Um, (laughs) And then I went to, you know, all the Wells schools. um, Graduated seminary in 2005. Got assigned to Emmanuel Lutheran Church in Greenville, Wisconsin. Absolutely loved it there, served there 11 years, and then took a call to be a professor of theology at Martin Luther College in 2016, and this is my fifth year of teaching. Is that something that was like on your radar, like, hey, I'd like to be a professor someday, or at- was it just coming out of nowhere? <laughs> no, absolutely not. In fact, uh, I had been getting calls every six months um, for a number of years, and uh, a couple of my friends uh, in the congregation, I, it was maybe a week before I got the call to MLC, I said, you know, I've gotten pretty much every type of call that you can get. I, I can't imagine there being a call that, you know, would take me away. Um, and then the Holy Spirit has a sense of humor. And, and the phone rings. A week later, yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, what's like, how, what, do you prefer one to the other or is it just going to? No, I always describe MLC as a, a different kind of fun. Like I, I loved parish ministry. Um I think that's one of the greatest jobs in the world. Uh, not, you know, understand what I mean by job, but uh, but MLC, I absolutely love too. It's just different. Uh, that's all. And uh, I get there are a few things that make me more excited than like I'm sitting in my office and it's 12 minutes to class and I'm like, oh, I get to go teach. I mean, yeah. it's just uh, just it's a privilege. It's awesome. The students are awesome. They're way better than I was when I went to college <laughs> here. So. I'm thankful for that. <laughs> like better behaved or better at being students? Be- better at being students. There you uh, go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's some things never change. Pure right? as the driven snow. <laughs> and, and Nate, uh, what about you? What do you do? Uh, same kind of upbringing as Dave. I was kind of the end of the middle movement. Well, He's, you guys are brothers. I don't think we said that. Yeah. 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 He. Uh, so Dave's number, number nine. You're Dave's number, number nine. seven. I'm number nine. We got Sister Cindy in between us. Um and then, uh, yeah, just uh, grew up in West Dallas, went to parochial Lutheran Elementary School. Uh, privileged to do that. Our parents sent us there, and our parents wanted us to consider ministry. 
Uh, we went to Luther Prep in Watertown um, to really get encouraged for that. And um, many of us did go into the ministry, which was kind of cool to follow in some footsteps. You know, I wasn't, I, I was number nine, so I wasn't really blazing any trails. <laughs> um, it was kind of a nice footprint to, to walk into. Um, and then uh, got married to Hannah. We got five kids. Uh, first, we figured in Colorado, uh, in uh, uh, Denver area, Denver suburb. Uh, had a lot of fun, came back to seminary, um, was ready to go into the parish, and then got assigned to be a dorm supervisor. So married, but living in the dorms, so I have a very understanding wife. And then <laughs> uh, we had our first kid, Teddy, uh, at um, in February of that year. So he lived in the dormitory, and the guys on the floor were actually pretty cool. They uh, they would, they, I'd hear them yelling at each other to be quiet. So yelling to tell them to be quiet, but you know, to, Teddy might be sleeping. So, um, but then uh, after that, I was recruitment director at Luther Prep for seven and a half years, and then uh, had a few calls to consider, uh, privilege to consider, but uh, didn't seem to be the right time. And then called a St. Paul's New Alm came, and just seemed like the right time all around, and really wanted to do it. And um, then I came, and I was thankful that three months after I got here, my brother got the call to MLC, and they could come up and kind of. Yeah, uh, you know, tutor me on the ways of, <laughs> yeah. of big parish ministry, and then well, so you guys kind of did the flip flop there. Yeah. So you want to go from academia to, to uh, he's my pastor now. Yeah, it's so. good stuff. How do you feel about that? Is that is that weird? No, nah. having your brother as your pastor. No, it's it's been really good, really good. So right. been have appreciated it for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you still get to do a lot of like preaching and and such? Yeah. Or so I'm a, a pulpit assistant in Cottage Grove, Minnesota. So uh, Christ the Lord there. I preach once a month there, and then you know between chapels and uh, other opportunities, I, I would say it probably averages to a, a couple of times a month. Um, so yeah, I, I'm very thankful for that because that's one of the things that I loved about parish ministry. So yeah, yeah, cool. By the way, I'm also married. About Kelpine. <laughs> Sorry, I have six kids. Well, that, that's new. She's New Alm royalty. She too. is New Alm royalty. I, Miss New Alm, uh, nineteen ninety nine. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Some, some, would, some would say the best year. <laughs> <laughs> so, you get, obviously, a big family. How many total kids were in your family? So fourteen were from a family of fourteen. Fourteen okay. kids. Fourteen kids. So, yeah. yeah. All right. What's it like growing up in a family that big? Oh, man. I suppose you don't really know anything else, but it it is so fun. Like uh, mm-hmm. always, uh, yeah. It's I, I'm glad we had that upbringing because I I can tell people, um, you know, it's not about the material things. We had very, you know, we were blessed. Lord provides, but we had very limited material things. But we had each other, and it was uh, it was a blast. You know, just fighting and playing and <laughs> um, annoying each other, and uh, yeah. Um, I think of. <laughs> I, I vividly remember we, we drank powdered milk. Do you know what powdered milk oh, is? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, um, still remember the taste. It's still okay. It's okay on cereal, but it's, I mean, real milk. I remember when we, we would taste real milk, it was like candy. But anyway, um, we drank powdered milk. We were making some in the kitchen. Somebody came to the door and looked over my mom's shoulder and said, your kids drink powdered milk? And my mom said, oh, no, they love it. They can't even tell the difference. And we all groaned <laughs> in the background. Um, but, yeah, no, no, no. We were, we were very blessed. I'll let Nate talk. <laughs> no, yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, just very uh, – and we kind of – I always kind of think of it as like movements in our family. You know, we had uh, the first siblings, four girls right away. So I think mom and dad were spoiled a little bit before the boys came. <laughs> and uh, and But they were, you know, just they set a good example and then just kept kept moving through. And then the end, we always give our, our two little sisters, uh, 
you know, a hard time for being the grandchildren, you know, raised yeah. by grandparents because a lot of the rules have been modified for them, you know, <laughs> and a uh, different place in life. But uh, no, yeah, I remember as a kid in grade school, just, you know, seeing like I had a friend who was an only, only child and uh, just kind of jealous at one point and just thinking, oh man, you know, all the presents, he doesn't have to share with anybody. He doesn't have to. And then realizing that this friend also wanted to play at our house all the time. Yeah. So it kind of dawning on me that, you know, it is a really big blessing to have siblings and uh, to have that. And then, and then just growing up in a Christian home, you know, I remember, you know, we didn't, we lived right next to the parson. We were in the parsonage right next door to the church, you know, to call dad. Remember the code? To call dad on 11, the church phone. Intercom yeah, 11. Intercom yeah. 11. And, uh, you know, tell him it's time for dinner. And uh, just, uh, you know, always being in the, the church life and, you know, going over cleaning church when, yeah. you know, people didn't, you know, when someone didn't sign up or couldn't show, you know, we just trooped over there. And, yeah. But being in God's word all the time was a, a blessing to us. Yet somehow we were late every single <laughs> Well, the bells service. rang for a reason, you know. <laughs> well, right. If it was within the first hymn, we were on time. Did you guys like walk like walk around to the front of the church together as a family and everything? Like I'm imagining, like you know, when yeah, the, all the little yeah. girls come out of Madeline's house. Yeah, oh, and they're for walking sure. in two straight, straight lines. lines. <laughs> they're like, perfectly behaved, sharp uh, kids. Yeah. No, it was a frantic <laughs> free for all in the morning with pounding on that bathroom door. The fact that it did not break down. Um, you well, you yeah, had the... about two and a half minutes inside of the bathroom. Everyone knew how to break in. Yeah, <laughs> you can pop the lock. It's true. It's true. No, so it was. It was just uh, everybody filed in, you know, when, when they could, and and we took the back row for sure. And Nate, can I tell which one? Can I tell the the uh, the spanking story? I'm sure there are enough people in the world that know that once to go for it. Okay. All right. So Nate, Nate was. Uh, um, how would I describe him? He was um, he was naughty, but not maliciously naughty. He was uh, just oblivious. And so he would, every Sunday, get a spanking after church. That's just <laughs> what happened because he'd be messing around. And we'd be pleading with him in the pew during communion, please, Nate, please stop. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to get a spanking. And so there were some times where he was actually well-behaved in church, um, but he was like Pavlov's dog. He would just come into the door and go back to the bedroom where the spanking would take place. And he took one, whether he needed it or not. And then you could tell the pounding. If you want, on the pounding on the windows. Oh, that's a yeah, that's a Katie Becky. I don't remember half these things, but uh, they tell one. me these that's things. I don't know if they got. One. You know, there were a lot of us. Could have been a different one, but uh, no. My two oldest sisters were. I would go into the mother's room, you know, and I liked it in there. They had a nice couch and not a hard pew, and then they had books and things. And um, but they had a window that looked out over the whole congregation from right in the back. <laughs> and there was a couch butted up right against it. And supposedly... And and the window started about four feet up. Yeah, so couch. like the back right. of the couch was where the window started. And, uh, you know, they let me be up on that couch. And you could... St- apparently I stood up, pounded with both fists on the window, and then dropped down. So like the back four or five rows of people were like, what is going on in there? Turned around, looked, and my two sisters and their friend were just standing there. <laughs> So, uh, that's a good one. That's I might not have gotten a spanking that day. Then. I just flabbergasted. <laughs> they were too busy with their too busy <laughs> yeah. with their sisters. <laughs> yeah, I well, my, well, it was one of the things that my dad always talked about too. He talked about being in in church all the time and like always being a part of church life. Uh, what my dad would always say is like, whether we were the pastor's family or not, we'd still be doing all these things. 
Um, and like, I would assume it would probably be the same way, the same theme with you guys. Um, but like, well, it was, I was just looking back at my own childhood, living right next to the church, you know, and we didn't even have an extension. You just open up the back door and yell into the office, which is, you know, 25 nice. feet away, you know? Nice. Um, like, they were, like, if you turned on the TV and dad was in his office, like, we weren't supposed to be watching TV during the day, you know? And you had to, like, lay on the floor and turn the TV on and, like, turn the TV so he couldn't see it from his office in the building <laughs> over, you know? All that kind of stuff. The um, of the trade. But, like... It's, it just seems so miserable at times, even and like when you're always there and you're like, how come we have to do all this? Like none of my friends are here. And you look back on it, you're like, where else? Where else would we have been? Mm, right. Where else should should we have been? You know, right. what what did we really miss out on yep. that uh, that we didn't get here? Yeah, that's actually kind of interesting. Now that I'm not a parish pastor, it is true. Yeah, we would do all those things anyway. You know, at St. Paul's, we're still now. Obviously, you go to church, you go to Bible class. It's a you know two hour thing on Sunday morning. Um, the kids go to Sunday school. We're active in you know serving uh, the church. Uh, probably, you know, for in some ways, I probably volunteer more of my time at St. Paul's than I. I don't know how you figure that out in a manual, but I'm just very involved here mm-hmm. and love it. Yeah, where else? What else yeah. would we do? For sure. There have been times where I've, like, as a cold worker, almost, like, fantasized about being a lay person. Just being like, you know, it would be so much more fun if I wasn't getting paid. Like, or I could do so many things differently if I wasn't, like, if I could just be a member of the congregation who just cares and is here to do things. I don't know. It's been, I obviously, you know, it's a different set of, you know, expectations. And, and you do a different kind of good as a lay worker. Um, but there's, there's definitely something to that, too. Mm-hmm. Just... You know, being able to choose sometimes, like, hey, this is what I'm going to be involved in. I'm going to be really involved and and, and do, because this is what I'm choosing to do. It's sometimes a difference. <laughs> Instead of being obligated because right. everybody expects and, you to. And I am probably, role. nobody wants to hear that from cult workers saying, <laughs> but that's the reality, too. Like, there's going to be a part of every, no matter what you're doing for a living, there's going to be a part of it where you're just like, this again. All right, let's do it. Right. Get it done. Part of the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you guys both have, oh, go ahead. Yeah, no, I don't know. If, I don't know if I was going to add to that, but just uh, I, I was just kind of dawned on me that most of most of our experiences have been pretty large congregation, especially for our synod. You know, mm-hmm. the one we grew up at was a thousand member, and you know, we live right next to the church. And then you served at one that was, you know, went from twelve hundred to twenty some, you yeah. know, twenty some hundred. It just and then St. Paul's is over two thousand. You just think, whoa. I mean, but we both vicared at places that were smaller. Small mission churches, you know? yeah. So, which is, which is just kind of an interesting thing. But we were, I guess, used to a lot of activity growing up in the house we did. Maybe we both like a lot of activity too. And if you're, maybe God knew that we needed to be around a lot of activity that surrounded God's word. Right. <laughs> and yeah. God's right. people. You know, oh, absolutely. Uh, that, that's it's hard to get bored. Too. <laughs> right. Right. You don't have, yeah, you don't have time. No one lets you, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. I forget what professor it was maybe professor jesky that he said to his or no it was professor becker sigbert becker who would say to his guys lord is going to have to make some of you preachers to to make sure you go to heaven like you know <laughs> that that this is i'm, I'm going to make sure that you're surrounded by god's word and um yeah so what a blessing you know that is so that's actually something i wanted to bring up is last year at uh these men of his word i right yeah men of his word because the other ones all got canceled but yeah. yeah but at men of his word you gave a talk um, you did like the, uh, the keynote, and but the last section of your keynote, you you talked specifically about the idea that, um, like, um, instead of praying for an easy life or praying for a good life, pray, you know, Lord, 
kind of do it. This is in my words, not yours, but kind of do what you have to do to make sure that I end up with you for eternity, right? Yeah. So instead of praying for a good life or an easy life or whatever it is, just say, you know, like, Lord, whatever you need to do. If I need to have an awful, terrible, miserable life so that I end up with you for eternity, let it let it be so. Um, I, I can you talk about that? Sure. Like, wh- sure. How um, do you arrive at that? You know, what's the concept behind that? Yeah. That that's the that's the heaven perspective. Um, I I don't. That's a prayer that I don't want God to answer. You know, but mm-hmm. I I mean in 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 the way of making it a horrible life. But it is the prayer that that I think every Christian needs to pray. Um, you know, we're not we're not promised a an easy life here. And finally, um, if the Lord needs to bring difficulty in my life in order to keep me on the the straight and narrow, um, keep me close to Him. Um, then, yeah, then I want him to answer it that way. Uh, it's that perspective of knowing that this life is a blip um, compared to eternity. Um, you know, I think I use that illustration of, you know, a timeline of 10,000 years and, and, you know, how long are we going to live? Maybe 80. So you put that on a timeline and it's like nothing in that timeline. In fact, if you scale that down to 24 hours, um, that little 80 years would end up being 11 minutes. And so you think, can you have a rough 11 minutes in a day when if the whole rest of the day is going to be absolutely perfect can you put up with 11 minutes yeah i can i can i can deal with stubbing my toe on something and the water heater going out and the coffee maker breaking for 11 <laughs> minutes if it means that the whole rest of the day is going to be the best day ever and even that's just a, a weak illustration because john newton said when we've been there 10,000 years we've no less days to sing god's praise so um yeah, uh, when I understand that, that puts it in perspective. These these difficulties that I'm going through, uh, they're they're so short. And if God needs those to keep me close to Him, then so be it. Bring it. I think that's the ultimate humility too. Like recognizing, like a lot of times we think of humility. I think we get, especially as Americans, we get humility wrong. I don't know if it's just Americans, but I only know Americans. So, um, <laughs> but the I don't know, like humility. So often is like, well, I'm not better than you, that kind of thing. Uh, but what I mean, I love the way I talk about this probably too much. But the the way no, I don't. Um, the way C.S. Lewis talks about you know humility as being like someone who just basically recognizes where where they fit in the scheme, in in the grand scheme. You know, like where, where I sit before God, where I sit before my fellow man. You know, and, and recognizing if I can recognize my place there. Um, I'm going to recognize, like you said, I'm not really all that important at all. Um, and if I'm not the, you know, the end all be all, and I'm just a blip on the radar, like just a blip on a timeline, um, like that gives me kind of some perspective to deal with the people around me and, and, and how I build my relationship with my heavenly father as well, where, you know, it's, it stops being all about me and what I want. And you know, because I'm part of a great, great collective, you know, doing the work of, of my father, and it just changes changes that perspective a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose the humility. What what is the phrase? Uh, humility isn't thinking less of yourself; it's th- thinking less about yourself. Yeah, and um, and yeah, re- realizing your place in the scheme, and um, and yet, I mean, just the the wonderful understanding that uh, even when you are going through those tough things, even though I am nothing but dust and ashes, as Abraham said. Um, God was still talking to Abraham, you know, he, he, he still, he was still letting him in on his plans. He was still listening to him. Uh, and what a comfort that even though I am nothing, 
uh, God considers me everything, you know, and he still, still listens to me, still doing what's best for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus said, I, I don't call you, you know, slaves. I call you friends because I'm sharing with you what the father shared with me and just that we do have that plan that all things work for the good. And just that, uh, you know, I think when everybody's going to go through difficulties and some are unique to the person, some are common to everybody, but in the grand scheme of things, nothing new under the sun. But yet, you know, you kind of, it's nice as a Christian to have that perspective that God's doing something good with this. Oftentimes we can see it that it's good for us, and then also we can see it's good for others too, that we're better equipped to, to handle life, better equipped to help others and be of use in our society and to our fellow man by the struggles we go through. You know, and what Dave talked about, you know, that was always our mom's prayer, you know, the Lord would, Lord would take us home before any of us would fall away. You know, and I thought yeah. that was always, you know, something I thought, whoa, that's pretty dark, Mom. But, you know, then you get to live <laughs> a little bit of life and you go, yeah, that's a good prayer. Yeah. What is that in Isaiah, you know, that that who knows, but that, you know, they were taken away before or to, to save them from the evil that was coming or whatever. And think about that with our sister, you know, number, number three uh, was killed by a drunk driver when we were in college or when she was in college. Number, number four. four. Yeah, I'm Debbie, sorry. Oh Debbie my goodness. did not go home to have yeah, a yeah, sister yeah, with yeah. us. Erica, sorry. <laughs> number four. I apologize. But anyway, um, but yeah, that I think that's one of those things you can take comfort in. God knows, you know, my times are in your hands. This wasn't a mistake for him. And um, who knows that maybe she would have fallen away at some point in her life. Um, maybe she was about to run into something really, really difficult that God wanted to spare her from. Um, and so, yeah, and it, we see a glimpse of the good that comes out of that, you know, brought us closer together. We're, we were able to be positive Christian witnesses to others as we, you know, mourned her loss and took comfort in God's promises. Um, but frankly, you know, even that we see a glimpse, you know, I think heaven's going to be pretty awesome when we, we, we get there and we see in part now, but then we just go, wow, I didn't realize all the things you know, and all the ripple effects that everything happened in my life, that all the ripple effects that you use that, uh, you know, bring others to faith and, yeah. and benefit others. So You're making me think about a different uh, C.S. Lewis uh, concept, too, there with uh, in um, Mere Christianity, where he talks about, like, he's talking about old women in particular, um, but it like, can be extended to anybody. The, the idea of, like, in... And if you only live for 70 years, there's some bad habits that they might be getting worse over those 70 years, but inside those 70 years, they can, they can be tolerated and dealt with. But imagine then that uh, you live forever and just how miserable and awful those bad habits are going to become and how just awful people would be if they were given more time to develop those. I mean, and, and like, I don't think we always think about old people that way, but you know, like, you know, grumpy old grandpa who just won't keep his opinions to himself and things like that or you know this we all know some vindictive old people right I um Methuselah, and, and, i would say there are some who can rip your heart out with a smile right you know now, like say and the now most. imagine if they had a hun another hundred years to practice that mm -hmm. just how brutal they might be right you know right. And, and that idea of you know our lifespan is just about right um because we could do some serious damage if you gave us too much longer to to, to get good sure, at it sure. you know I just I always chuckle when I hear him when I hear when I read or hear that section of text, but it fits again fits right in there. It's, you know, there's a like even our lifespan has a specific purpose and a specific time to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The other thing you're making me think about is C, I think it was C. F. W. Walter, 
or it might be G.K. Chesterton, but talks about you know, how a madman thinks that he's the center of the universe. And so what's driving him mad is that he all the time thinks all the attention is focused on him. And if he would just take a step back for a second and realize that nobody's really paying attention to him at all, he wouldn't be mad at all. And then he applies that to you know, Christian living and saying, like, my my God is the center of my universe, you know, like, and his plan of salvation is the center of the universe. And that not only like kind of helps me relax and recognize that, you know, the things going on on day to day really aren't that important in the grand scheme, but it also gives me that purpose. Like, well, if that's the center of the universe, that's what I serve. Um, and then like you look at some of the crazy stuff going on in the world right now. uh, The reality is most people's religion even amongst quote unquote Christian circles is this collective like spirit of humanity of mankind. That's where you get all this social justice from is the idea that we are God. And so then we must then also achieve salvation for ourselves. And nobody would ever recognize that that's really what they're saying. And maybe I'm off base. You can tell me if I'm off base, but the idea of like, if we don't make this place good, if we don't rescue ourselves, then, you know, the world's going to end because of global warming. And, you know, they're, you know, there's going to be genocide and all that kind of stuff going on all the time. And all these little steps are going in the wrong direction. And really it's just panic and fear um, that's causing all this chaos because we think that we have to solve all of our own problems. Whereas a Christian steps back and just says like, Hey, you know, there's, I serve a purpose and I serve a creator who's got this in his hand. Yeah. That's that, that delicate balance that, that Luther talked about when he would say, um, and you've got illustrations of it all through scripture. You know, Nehemiah is a, a classic one. But uh, you, you pray as though everything depends on God, because it does. And then you work as though everything depends on you. Um, and, and that balance needs to be kept, kind of like what you were talking about. When you, when, you, when you take out the pray as though everything depends on God, understanding he is in control, um, then, oh man, is that a crushing weight to think that I have to work as though everything depends on me and really think that it does. Um, and so, yeah, I... I I say amen. I don't think you're off base. <laughs> and, and I, you know, just I getting to be on the other side of the, you know, I was in the pew, often a guest preacher for many years, but now getting to be on the other side of things and looking out at the congregation, what a beautiful way to begin each service, you know, with the invocation saying, we're not God, yeah, but our God is here. And, um, and then that we start out with uh, confession, you know, yeah. that, that we're drawn out of ourselves <laughs> from the, the mess that we are. You know, why would we ever think we're God? But so often our sinful nature wants us to think of ourselves that way and draws us out of ourselves to look to God and his forgiveness and that everything depends on him. And then the rest of our worship is joyful. Yeah. You know, that we get to, to hear about what our, who our God is, what he's done for us. We confess him in the creed. We receive the Lord's Supper. Hopefully hear a good sermon that's Christ, Christ-focused and centered. Uh, and just, uh, you know, that's, then you get to go back out into the world, which points all at you. And then just to keep pointing away from yourself. Is that an easy thing to kind of master? Well, maybe not master is the right word, but to get your head around as a pastor, like that idea of like, because especially if you're the only pastor, I can imagine it'd be very difficult to kind of take a step back and recognize that you're not the end all be all. Is that all right? Sorry about the heater in the background there. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> but, um, I, I grew up in a big family, I think helped me with that because, you know, having older brothers and sisters who, you know, were ones worth looking up to, you know, it was constantly, you know, you can't, you can't be them, you know, you can't be at that level. So it kind of, you know, really, really mortifying that desire 
I guess, or that thought that I have to be, I don't know. I don't know if you want to say it, be the best or, you know, you want to be the best that, you know, with what God's given you and with his strength, but, you know, I don't know. You're competitive, but you also realize that you're not going to be the same, nor does God want you to be the same. Right. And I I think uh, congregationally, I agree that the family helped, you know, that big family dynamic helped. um, No one was the most important, you know, like... uh, you, of and course, we always ask except, mom, who's except your favorite? <laughs> right. but we always ask mom, who's your favorite? And it, she would, you know, kiss us on the head and say, you are my favorite, David George. You know, like, she, we, we couldn't get her. We, we couldn't bear We her. argue about whether there's a comma in there or not. Right, but, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, in a, in a congregation, I think, uh, I think experience just helps humble you that way, that um, sometimes you realize that uh, God used your weaknesses more uh, to accomplish things than your strengths, um, because, well, I think about that at, at Emmanuel. How many, how many times, um, you know, because of my weaknesses, others stepped up and did something way better than I ever could have, you know, and 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 it made a greater impact than I ever could have, and and that's the body of Christ, right? Where you realize I am important, but I am also part of the body of Christ. I am not the body of Christ, mm-hmm. and uh, and I need everybody um, to to be to be participating, and then of course not forgetting. Nothing happens apart from the blessing of the head, and and that finally Christ is the one who, you know, who is working through us. So, yeah, I, I think earlier on I probably struggled with it more than I do now. Just realizing, and that's a it's a wonderfully freeing thing. Yeah, interesting. So you guys both have. Oh, you can go get more coffee too if you want to. You know? Oh, nice. I will. So you're looking at the mug there. Um, it's plenty. Uh, but you guys both have big families. Is that like part of? the plan or does that just kind of happen or you know know, something you're going in saying this is what i want you know children are a a blessing from the lord you know psalm 127 and 128 and we just grew up in a family that you know our parents really really cherished each one of us you know while we might not have gotten as much individual time we always felt loved and um we loved each other even if we were fighting um (laughs) but just to, to see the blessing that uh you know, our siblings were to us. And then, you know, both of us married women who were, you know, also had the blessing of siblings and family and understood that. And, and then, you know, when I got engaged, I said to Hannah, you know, I, we'd just, just gotten, just put the ring on her finger and she actually let me. So that was good. And then, uh, I said, Hey, we're going for 15. And then she started taking the ring off. So, um, <laughs> you know, those things had to be worked out, but, but we were blessed. We have five, five children. So, um, no, just wonderful blessings and yeah, yeah. Thankful uh, for him. Our mom always said, you know, whatever the Lord blesses us with, you know, that's <laughs> that's what we're content with. And and I w- I would just say again, growing up in a big family, we saw the blessing of uh, of siblings, uh, but then also realized that um, even though there are you know motive is everything with birth control and things like that, even though there are God pleasing reasons for that. Um, Money is maybe too easy of a one uh, of, of a reason, and yeah. I, I always think of Jeremiah seventeen, where it says, "The heart is deceitful above all things; who can understand it?" But I can, I, I kind of have said that's not going to be a reason for us because I realize the Lord does provide, even even if it means we don't have the greatest vacations and all, even if we don't have real milk, you know, we're still here, yeah. <laughs> we're still alive, and so that's kind of how I think our families have kind of looked at it, and and glad we do you know yeah it's been a blessing yeah 
and then and then also valuing, you know, getting to grow up next to church, being in God's Word, having a family that modeled it, and just having those influences was a huge blessing in just worldview, you know, I think, and in, in how we viewed things. You know, just in, <laughs> I remember, you know, we, we were going to, we moved to New Ulm, you know, there was no parsonage, it was, you know, we're going to, we'll help you find something, whatever, you know, it takes, it's very, very generous, very wonderful, but, you know, we were going to have to buy a house, and we were looking at all these houses, and Hannah and I were, you know, seeing what was available, and, you know, what what are your wants, what are your have-tos, and then I I just came across. and Lots and lots of bunk beds. Yeah, I just came across a picture from, you know, as we were getting ready to move, you know, packing things up, I came across a picture of, I don't know if you remember my, my space outside your and John's room. Yeah, of course. You know, it was like a bed against, bed against the, the, wall. the wall, and my, my closet was hanging, my hanging clothes over a pipe that was running in the open rafters in the basement. <laughs> And your safety window. Oh, my goodness. If, if there was a fire, we would not have made it out. By the way, that room also being smaller than a jail cell. Yes, where, where yes. Shot in my but it was cozy. It was cozy. It was cozy. And that was, the, that was the room everybody wanted to be in, you know. It was like, that was the cool room. So, so I had to, But then just I showed her a picture of the space with my clothes hanging up, and she's like, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> we'll be okay. <laughs> so... Well, you guys, you guys have a decent amount of space in that house, though. Oh yeah, uh, in West Dallas. Well, or... well, here. I'm oh yeah, here. No, we're very, very yeah. blessed. Very blessed. Nice big old 1910. So we missed our hundred year party by five years, and then you guys just 1918. Had a 1918. So. I believe. I believe Hannah was supposed to organize. She was supposed that. to organize. Hundred year. <laughs> I forget. Party. I forget what happened. Yeah. So we drop. We life drop is the busy. Ball. Life, know, is life is busy. busy. Yeah, but, life is busy when you got a house full of kids too. That's true. Yeah. What like uh, so. Challenges, you know, plus sides. What are you like? Would you would you advocate for others to have a big old house full of kids? <laughs> yeah, I mean, Lord says children are a blessing from the Lord. Um, like I said, it. I mean, it all comes down to motivation. Um, you know, for of course, this is a blessing that God wants to give, and and so under normal circumstances, I would say absolutely. You know, um, you of course have to evaluate your your health, uh, your, you know, your <laughs> wife's health, your, your emotional health and, and all those things. But, um, but yeah, I mean, oh my goodness, I wouldn't trade having lots of kids. I wouldn't trade being from a big family. Uh, you're never, never bored, never lonely, you know? Uh, so yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, as I always think, you know, I just say when I get to do pre-marriage counseling, I just say, you know, children are a wonderful blessing and I kind of tell the a few different stories, you know, about, you know, that it's not, there's not a, oh man, dad, dad would never tell us some of these things, but then you get to talk to like people his age or some of his buddies, you know, in our travels and getting around and, and every once in a while they let, they, they tell you something. And one of them, one of the guys who was on a board with my dad said, uh, he told them that, uh, all his buddies would, would, would rib him and say, you know, the Lord said, you know, Ralph, the Lord did say, you know, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. But, you know, he wasn't just talking to you. you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, I think, I think one wonderful family, wonderful blessing in our lives, you know, having the Lord, having the Lord first in your life and having that modeled for you. Um, and then, you know, as things, as things fall into place, you know, my parents, you know, modeled that for us and I think we we see children as a wonderful blessing we're at five and I think that's that's the end for us you know uh, for a lot of different reasons but uh, all of them a blessing so so we didn't get to 15 but 
Yeah, what does dad <laughs> say? You know, like oh, be- Becky and six Jack. kids. It sounds like a big family. That's just a good start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a good start. You say like, you hear like, families talk about like, ah, I'm gonna have my own basketball team. You guys could have played like a full seven on seven. Yeah, that was the backyard. You know, that was sometimes the backyard. Yeah, yeah. yeah get everybody going. But I mean, yeah, I, just when God says children are a heritage from the Lord and a reward from him, you know, that's, that's a blessing for now and one that keeps going, you know, and you think of how many things, how many blessings of God keep going. Very few, right? Of uh, In this, uh, in this world anyway. And the fact that I think that's a neat thing, you know, that that's kind of a legacy type thing. You know, the yeah. kids keep going after I'm gone and keep impacting people with God willing, the great commission, right? That, that they're, they're reaching people for Jesus. So. Yeah. And in a way I am, you know? Yeah. So. Well, and, and to feed into that even more, like there's 14 of you and many of you have ended up in, in ministry. So what is it like, is there, why, how does that happen? You know, like where. Oh, by God's grace. You know, yeah. That's, like yeah. there's like, did, like, I mean, you talked about the idea that like nobody pushed you into it. Like you get to choose, you know, whether or not you wanted to do it. But um, I don't know. I just kind of want to lean into that a little bit. Like why. Why do you think so many of you ended up in ministry? Well, I mean, part of it is um, a lot of times if a plumber's kid grows up to be a plumber, right? And, and you suppose. know, you, you follow in your dad's footsteps. We have um, our dad as a pastor. Both of our grandpas are pastors, you know, so it, it was kind of in the blood. Um, I think we also realized the, you know, the, the importance of the work growing up. We got to see that firsthand. Um, and even though I went to college and I didn't want to be a pastor, didn't, or I didn't know if I wanted to be a pastor. I kind of thought I wanted to be something else. Um, so my sophomore year, I ended up going to Germany for a semester, and uh, Lord blessed us, blessed me with ten guys, uh, a group of ten guys that befriended me, mostly to you know speak English to me. I'm sure, <laughs> uh, but no, they were wonderful. We we did everything together and went on hikes together and all that. Um, but the nine of them were atheists. One of them was an agnostic, and the amount of conversations that I got to have. Um, with them about God and, and being able to witness to them. Uh, and then towards the end of my time, just it dawning on me, uh, I love these guys. I want, I want them in heaven one day and just thinking, you know, what better thing to do with my life than, than to full time, be able to, to pursue that and, and bring as many as possible into the kingdom. I, not that I couldn't have glorified God in a different profession. Mm-hmm. I, I certainly could have. Um, but for me, that's, that was the driver for why I picked to do yeah. what I wanted or to do what I did. No longer was it just because dad did it and it not because my older brother John did it, you know. So there is a fair amount of like path of least resistance sometimes. Oh, no, for sure. Yeah. yeah. That's why I went to MLC. I mean, all my friends were going. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I, not that that's not the only reason, but you know what I right. mean? I mean, oh, there yeah. is, there is that, that encouragement of numbers. Um, yeah, for sure. I think, you know, just, uh, Seeing it modeled for you, and then seeing the seeing the good times, and also seeing the very difficult times in ministry that your you know your parent your parents model for you, and um just knowing you know what was always the the thing you know just that you want to share Jesus with people and and what a cool vocation that you get to learn God's word better and better you know was it a lot of a lot of people who are psychologists go into it because you know they they're trying to figure out themselves. Is what I've heard. I don't yeah, know. no, I. <laughs> but I think in ministry too, <laughs> you go, same. you know, you go. I I need this, 
And then, you know, we comfort others with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. And I think, you know, that's been a blessing. You always have your doubts, you know, do I want to do this or am I worthy to do this? Am I able to do this? But then, you know, God just keeps carrying you along. And that was a wonderful blessing. You know, I remember, yeah, going into Pastor Trepto's office, recruiter at MLC, and just saying, I don't know. <laughs> was, I mean, it was winter in New Ulm, you know, <laughs> where you're, you have to walk, you know, on an angle because of the wind and the, the sleet and the snow, and you just go, oh, man, and papers are due and whatever else, and, and you just go, I don't know. And then, you know, and then all of a sudden, the next day, I got called into his office and he says, hey, I've got a, a pastor in Florida who really needs who really needs a helper for the summer. <laughs> Looking back on it a little while later, I realized that pastor didn't need a helper at all. He just wanted to encourage me. And so I went down. Yeah. But then you get these experiences and you get to, to, to do it and get out of your comfort zone, get out of your, you know, what you've known and be challenged. And, and there's just a lot of, got to put a lot of blessings there and carry you along and and then you realize it does, it, it's just cool to be able to, to share God's word with people, you know, and actually see the blessing God works in it, you know, small ways, big ways for yourself and for people. It's also somewhat natural when you've been immersed in it um, from early on, you know, seeing dad preach and be a pastor. And then um, our mother is, you know, one of the most godly women I know, uh, and she would do devotion with us every day and say our prayers and sing our songs and she would she would live Jesus for us show show us that and you know we had a paper route when we were growing up and um Nate was terrible at waking up oh. but I was really good at waking up no we were terrible you must have, um, I must have the and, wrong microphone she, over yeah, here. Uh, <laughs> no but she would she would you know probably go to bed at two in the morning you know because she was doing all the house stuff and and uh, grocery shopping started at midnight, so, uh, but but she would make sure she was up at four fifteen um, to make sure that we were up for the route, and then she would go back to bed. But um, I just remember you've got Norman Rockwell paintings up here. I always said I want a Norman Rockwell painting of Mom leaning over the kitchen counter with a single light bulb, reading her Bible um, or her people's Bible or whatever it happened to be that day. Uh, but that was the vision that I had walking into the kitchen every morning, uh, and what a powerful impact those kind of things have. And so. When you're surrounded by that stuff, I think part of it, I, I mean, now that I look back on it, it was almost inevitable that it was going to happen, you know, yeah. no matter how much I, in my youth, wanted to rebel against what everybody <laughs> thought I should do. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's good. Now you get tired of that P- PK talk after a while. Like, right. of course you have an A in religion class. Like, <laughs> you think I'm just born with these facts in my head? Is that mm-hmm. what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and then, and then you, like, at some point, uh, for me, that there was a... Like a, a, there was a point at which I had to kind of move on from that into like kind of owning my own faith too, which I mean I'm sure everybody has has to make that shift, but it seemed like it was maybe a more of a thing because of that like uh, expectation as kids, where it's like you know it, w- it was almost like a badge of honor, like I know the Bible better than all the rest of you do, and I did, you know, mm-hmm. and then you get to high school and nobody cares, you know, <laughs> and um. It's the one yeah. category in Bible or in Jeopardy that we get, right? Yeah, the that's Bible right. category. Yep. That's the one yep. we know. Like you always, like you better win. Like the, you might get picked last for kickball, but you get picked first for Bible baseball, right? Oh, like sure. every single time. <laughs> and then, like you come to that point where, like, is this really the point? Um, you're recognizing that and kind of having to make that shift and, and grow up real fast and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, start building that relationship with your heavenly Father. Yeah. Um, so. 
forgot where I was going to go next. I'm but, sorry, I kind of cut you off. <laughs> no, you're good. I thought about the Jeopardy category. No, no, that's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, I always get so frustrated when they get into categories like that, where you're watching and you're like, these are basic facts. Right. Like, oh my goodness. Like, I don't, you might not, you don't even need to be Christian. You still should know this just for like right. historical reasons. Yeah. And that's probably what they're thinking about all the other categories. That's probably that, true. Uh, man. That's probably true. man, who knows these things? <laughs> Literature. <laughs> That's probably true. That's probably true. Well, so there's no way you guys spend all of your time, you know, just being pastors. So what do you do? You watch Jeopardy? Like, what do you do in your free oh, time? Oh man, what do we do for fun? I've been, uh, if I could say it this way, chain smoking World War II stuff lately. <laughs> like, uh, just you know, trying to. He doesn't actually smoke, folks. <laughs> well, he, like he's been finding vintage you, you, cigarettes you get, you from World War II and smoking. <laughs> yeah, lucky strikes right back on the. Um, no, but just uh, you know, diving into some, some some historical things. I think that have also have application for the way our country is, the way the world is, and also kind of you see, you know, especially those firsthand accounts, kind of like what humans do in extreme stress. You know, it's just been interesting to me. Is this why your kid keeps spitting out random World War II facts during history classes? That has he been? <laughs> yeah, oh, we're right. not studying we World go. War II though. So. There we go. <laughs> I've, probably, I've probably been influencing him so. Yeah, he's good. he's got a lot of. You don't fun always facts know your children. Pocket, you don't always to... know your children are listening. Well, he's know. ready to pull them out whenever they're useful. It's awesome. I dig it. It's yeah. awesome. There we go. So I I I I am the assistant golf coach at MLC. Okay. And so golf is uh, something that I love to do. You know, when when uh, to unwind. Um, but other than that, I really love you know kind of staying busy. And so God has blessed me with a lot of opportunities for. Um, you know, fun outside of MLC kind of projects that I, that I like working on. Um, and when I do have free time, I just love hanging out with the, the kids and my wife, obviously, and, and, and playing games and uh, that sort of thing. So yeah, um, I don't have a ton of hobbies to speak of. Growing up as a pastor's kid, um, our father did not have any hobbies. So your hobbies are folding yeah. bulletins. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, 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 like, I always joke that I need help using a screwdriver, like, because... I didn't learn any of that stuff, oh, so suppose. it's not like I'm a woodworker or anything like that. We try. We YouTube. Well, I, I mean, the, we the, YouTube. the hobby is probably people. Yeah, people I mean, is my hobby, for sure. I, think, I love I think, hanging you know, out. You, you have that, uh, some things bring you up, and oftentimes hanging out, you know, getting together. You know, I think with uh, one of the blessings of COVID is that, you know, um, you know, getting out walking with Hannah. You know, we walk and we get to talk, and that's kind of somewhat exercise, but also just communication. And, and in, the, in the afternoons, Dave and I would walk down to Holiday Yep, it's, a, uh, it's like a mile and a half. You know, so we, so we earned we a little a, treat when we, we got to Holiday Gas Station. You know, get a big <laughs> soda, we head back. back. We should do that today. That'd be fun. <laughs> it is. It's true. So if you see these two walking down walking down Center Street together, you know what they're going. <laughs> we had a right, we were consistent for a while, right? When COVID yeah. hit, and then yeah. it was uh, you know we'd have our regulars that we'd see on the walk and. Yep. Oh you know. yeah, that's a that's I love that. Uh, I love the re- like you have no idea who they are, but they're re- like walking regulars. Yeah. To, yeah, especially so I started walking like crazy too once COVID hit because then you, like, there's nothing else you could do, especially in Milwaukee. Everything was just closed, you know. Mm-hmm. So I started walking, and then there's you know, like there's people you recognize around town and stuff, and you're like, I don't know who you are, but we see each other when we walk. You got yeah. the friendly wave. I always think there's a book yep. that could be made for New Alm, just the regulars. Yeah, you know, because there are, there are people who have a regular path, you know, every day. And you see them, <laughs> you know, if you just if and COVID made everybody slow down. I think me especially, and just say. You know, there are others out there. Oh, for so. sure. 
Yeah, I don't think I'd have ended up out here if it wasn't for COVID. Like, I would have just kept pushing it off and pushing it off yeah. and pushing it off. Is that chance to take a deep breath and, yeah. you know, really step back and look at what's going on. I thought, thought of a hobby, by the way. Yeah. About a year and a half ago, I started, I downloaded the list of 100, the 100 most important novels ever written. Okay. And I'm working through those. Okay. So, what are your favorites so far? Oh, boy. Um... I would say Anna Karenina, not. That's not. That's <laughs> about, terrible. Yeah, Moby Dick. Moby Dick was, was okay. It was you like said a there documentary. Were parts. There were parts. There were parts well, like it's exciting really. in the last like 100 pages. But the first 800, I mean, there, there's like chapters on different types of whales and things like that. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think the uh, um, favorite. Great Gatsby was good. Oh, yeah. I have Nate talking. I'll, I'll think of my. I'll think of the <laughs> ones that I really books. like. This could be a while. Reading Don know. Quixote right now. That's oh, entertaining. Yeah. It that's, is. That's yeah. Entertaining. No, but I think uh, you know basketball when we could play. Yeah. You know before shutdowns, but you know getting together with the guys, playing basketball while my knees yeah. and legs and yep. and I don't annoy the other players. You know, <laughs> and we got you going on that. That was yeah. good. Oh, I, yeah. It's a, well, it's a great way to start the day. And then, like, you don't have to – it's not like every time you get together with your friends, you have to be, like, intentionally, like, building into each other and all that. Mm-hmm. Like, that can happen around a game of basketball, you know? For you sure. don't need to even really – I mean, you, there should be some relationships with other dudes that you're intentional about, of course. Yeah. Um, but but like, like, that's a great example of just, like, in each other's lives, we know what's going on. The you know, 10 minutes after the 10 game 10 minutes is before done. and after, yeah. Yeah, where you're just talking. Yeah, what do you stuff. got going on? And, yep. Oh, you're doing that. Or... Yeah. We actually do that before when we're warming up and shooting around. I thought you minutes. guys got there when I got there. <laughs> no, and then you come in and you go, shoot them up. <laughs> shoot them up. I can't Don't talk waste too much. Time. I, show up, I yeah. show up at like 6.05 pretty often too. So. <laughs> well, the days when I didn't realize I was the key to get in. You know, then we're all like, we all showed up at the same minutes. time. This is <laughs> crazy. <at> yeah, <laughs> great timing. By the way, to kill a mockingbird, that's, oh, that's probably my favorite thus far. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know what was surprising? Like, I really, really, really enjoyed and didn't think I would. It was Pride and Prejudice. Oh yeah, that is good. I yeah. loved it. Like, yeah, yeah. and I'll probably read it multiple times again, like throughout my life. Yep. It it's so good. Yeah, so good. Or War and Peace. I've like never a, read Warren. Oh piece. my goodness! It's like it's like the soap, yeah, soap opera. Um, That's a lot setup. of pages. Oh, it's so fun, so fun. It's a lot of pages. It's a page turner. Yeah, there's a reason it's classic. Well, and, right. uh, we were talking about this a couple. Of, I've never read uh, <laughs> Gone with the Wind. We were talking about Gone with the Wind a couple of weeks ago, though, and the idea of like uh, it's got like it's a ridiculously long book. It's but it's because they so. Ma- they're so meticulous about painting the picture of exactly what's going on. Yeah. Um, especially, like, you think about, you don't have TV. You don't have, you know, like, records you can listen to. You don't have, you know, documentaries to watch and all that kind of stuff. So if you really want somebody to understand, you know, like, there's this genre of book for you to read where you get, like, everybody's inner thoughts, exactly what's going on. Like, every dress is described, every street mm-hmm. lamp is described, and they get into all that detail because there wasn't anywhere else to get all that detail you know, at that point in history. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interesting to think about. Yeah. But then, like, you've got all that going into your brain, too. You know, and, and, I mean, in this day and age, you can either have, like, Instagram videos going into your brain, or you can fill it up with, you know, that kind of stuff. I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer at all. Yeah. Last of the Mohicans is like that too. Like he's describing every tree that they walk past, you know, like you know every inch of all the men's like bodies and where their scars are and what they all came <laughs> from and all that. Like, it sounds a little weird when you say it like that, but it's you know. So how close like, was the movie? 
Oh, not the, even, not, not even, even a little. Okay. Yeah, like the I've people are all. Well, you get frustrated about halfway through the movie. You're like, no, they don't. Like, no, no, they're falling in love with the wrong people. And like, mm-hmm. they, no, they don't die now. That kind of stuff. Um, but the movie that that's one. A lot of times, if you read a book or a movie, like one of them is better than the other, and so you like one more than the other. That's a that's a good example of like based on a book, and the movie is fantastic. And the book is fantastic, fantastic, and I'm okay with them being different. Mm-hmm. Whereas, like Lord of the Rings, like the movies are really good, but they can't hold a candle to the books, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, like they're great movies, they're classic films. I won't say that they're not good movies, mm-hmm. but they just can't hold a candle to the books. Right. Yeah. That's what I've been doing, by the way. I've been watching the movie after I finished the book. Okay. And... Isn't that just maddening sometimes? Yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. but sometimes kind of fun to see how they yeah. adapted it. And, yep. Yeah. Yep. Or like when you get you get to see what somebody else's picture of it was, because like you'll you'll hear this description of the kid, you know, or anything like that, and then you've got your picture in your head, and then you get to see somebody else's vision, and you go, oh, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. You know, they're not wrong, mm-hmm. but that's not the way I pictured it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well. What about you, Nate? When you're not uh, when you're not doing your pastor thing? Oh, hanging out. I think just uh, you know blessed with the kids at the ages they are so they still want to talk to me and hang out you know which is good you know so we played we played a little settlers of Catan yesterday you know um and just uh not i don't play a lot of board do you win every time but uh no hattie won and caused one one of her older (laughs) brothers to tears i think he's he's very competitive this this older brother and so it could be me winning or it could be but this one i think especially her because his younger younger sister won. do you let them win um I try and challenge my children appropriately. So <laughs> see, I'm I'm no mercy. Yeah. So I don't I don't that you way know, if they win, you earned it. Then they earned it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> see, I don't have kids of my own, but I win. Yeah. <laughs> when yeah. I play with kids, I win. And if like you said, if you beat me, I will acknowledge it and we will own it. You can go tell the whole school. That's fine. <laughs> if you earn the right to do it. But ain't nobody yeah. going home and saying that they beat Mr. U if they did not earn it. Right. It's right. the same way with basketball too. The other teachers at Solo used to make fun of me because I would like just like play basketball against a bunch of six year olds. You know? It's like, well, you never let them score. It's like, why should I let them score? The expectation is gonna be the same then in fifth grade they're gonna be like, Mr. U, why aren't you letting us score? And I'm gonna have to have this weird conversation of like, well now you're a bigger kid. So I'm gonna be <laughs> slight no, I don't have to do all that now because if you beat me, you beat me. No mercy. That's yes. right. No <laughs> mercy. It also kept me in good shape because I had to run up and down the court all the time. You gotta run away from all those little kids and there's like mm-hmm. a cloud of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're just always there. There's always one underfoot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Literally. Yep, literally. Yep. I Sorry no about mer- all those No stars. mercy. <laughs> Sweep the leg. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that was the other thing was I started to learn how to fight. So then, like, the my um, boxing coach kept saying, like, I, my footwork was really bad. And he was like, you should just, like, walk down the street and practice this footwork. I, obviously, I wasn't going to do that because everybody mm-hmm. in town would have thought I was insane. But then I started doing it, at, like, at recess. Like, the kids would chase me, and I just practiced moving. <laughs> it was, they, like, again, they teased me about it for, like, a month, and then they got used to it, and then it was, like, a normal thing they would do. And mm-hmm. then they actually started asking me to teach them stuff and things like that. But it was yeah, just kind of nice. goofy, kind of <laughs> goofy. Like, especially right away. He's just, like, sliding around the gym, and there's kids chasing you. It's kind of a bizarre thing. But my footwork got a lot better real fast and you didn't yeah. you didn't punch any of them correct no like not, the, hard. Uh, yeah. not hard 
<laughs> glancing, glancing, gloves. glancing gloves. <laughs> just, just a little sparring, you know. Just put them in their place. Yeah, I don't know. So. If there was one thing that you're like, I, I want to bring like this activity or hobby or whatever into my life, and it hasn't made it yet. Is there anything out there that you like want to get involved in that you haven't yet? That's a great question. I would like to be handier. I would like to not have to watch endless YouTube videos <laughs> to do the simplest of things, you yeah. know, when it comes to home repair and things like that. So, yeah, I think, like, not that I don't do any of it, but, it, yeah, it just takes, like, what would take somebody an hour to do, it takes me at least, like, that's all afternoon. Yeah. It's like, I might as well call someone in for this, you know. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, that'd be fun we, to, we, to get more into that. We almost got your breaks done. I used to do my breaks. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did it regularly for years until, until um, I didn't do it anymore. <laughs> I didn't want to do it anymore. Mm-hmm. But no, that has been that has been something that's been new for me is you know being in a, a house that I have to take care of, and thankfully there are a lot of people who are willing to to pitch in and you know give advice or help me with something, or I call Dave and um, or a member is willing to to take mercy or have mercy, you know, and I explained to them, I didn't change a light bulb when I was a kid. <laughs> so, uh, you know, this is where we're starting from, but you know, that's been, that's been kind of fun and something, you know, not related to maybe anything else I'm doing, you know, and, and yeah. a couple of the kids have been interested in like kind of learning a few things. So that's been yeah. fun. Do you have them come over and do it? Or do you like have them come over and teach you how to do it? Depending. Most of the time I try and, I try and do it. And if it's out of my league, I'll ask them, can you help me? Can you, can, you know, and, and sometimes it's, you know, I know there'll be a point where it's something that's big and mm-hmm. I just gotta, you know, have the professionals yeah. come over, but. And there's always that like five seconds of like, if only I was man enough, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. And you're like, you know, like deep down, you know, like this really isn't diminishing my manhood, but you know, it's that <laughs> moment of like, this is my domain and I'm having to give it over to someone else. You know, and then there's also a the, little bit of vulnerability. Yeah. Also the, uh, you know, you come over to the house and you can immediately within the first five minutes, see the things I've been working on, <laughs> and the things that, you know, like, oh, you fix that. Like, oh, like our wave theme in our kitchen with yeah. the paint. <laughs> That's it... almost professional level. <laughs> almost professional level. I thought I you wanted an ocean help, theme though. in the kitchen. I appreciated your help. It was blue. Oh, it we was don't blue have to, paint. We don't have to tape. I was very confused. We don't have to tape. Freehand that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, oh. I did get into so coffee roasting we were talking about before. Oh, yeah. Uh, which that's been super fun. I mean, I've loved experimenting with that. I would love to get back into um, brewing beer. Uh, I've got all the stuff. I just don't really have a good space to do it um, again. And so it's been a number of years since I've done that. So you should connect with uh, John Paustian out in, oh, where are they? Oh, yeah. Out um, in, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. But they, they do a lot of brewing. Do they really? Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. They're also like third cousins or something like that too yeah are they really yeah 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 his grand well he's got this we we're cousins so he has his yeah so his grandmother would be a sharf really? oh yeah we did yeah. figure that out yeah yep. i didn't know that yeah he's blood <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that like that like fond lac Yep. Winnebago area down to like the border. Yeah. She'd be a Brownsville sharp. Brownsville sharp. Oh yeah, yeah that's yeah. where the the red owl brats the cradle of the of the, <laughs> <That is. laughs> the sharp family. 
Well, it's easy we, to have a clan when you have you know uh, a house full of kids every time. So we, yeah. we were heading up north one year, and uh, we were coming late on the the ten hour journey, which only takes four and a half hours right. to Eagle River. We didn't realize until we were adults <laughs> that that trip is only like four and a half hours. But we thought it was ten hours. It took ten you hours. Know, the the load up, we'd all be in the van, and, yeah. and you know it'd be five hours of loading up the the trailer in the van, and then <laughs> and then all the stops. You got to stop at you know it was a Held's meat mm-hmm. market and a few other places on and, the way. And up realizing there. that Held's was only like 25 minutes away. Oh, it seemed like hours. It was like, <laughs> three, like I thought it was like it was part of the journey. It was a journey. It wasn't just, you know, yeah. taking a trip. And uh, we stopped at, uh, we were coming late, so we were actually making amazing time, like shaving hours off the trip. And <laughs> stopped at, uh, we had time to kill, so we stopped to, I think, get fireworks at like one of those trailers along the side of the highway, kind of wind it back. And didn't really realize where we were, but I, I we had, we were like a dollar fifty short. And I think that was before I had like a, a debit card, you know, and I, I ran out to the car and I emptied out the change thing and a bunch of pennies and stuff sitting there on the counter doing the pennies. <laughs> and they're like, and the girl behind the counter is like, are you a sharf? I said, what? She's like, are you, she's like, I have a friend who's a sharf and she would totally do that. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if she had seen my ID or whatever. Right. And I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> That's hilarious. So that How corridor, that, that corridor, like, is that I'm a compliment like, or is where that am I? Girl, where am girl. I? Like all of a sudden, it's like Brigadoon. You come out of that place where 100 years later, you know, or 100 years <laughs> earlier. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> but yes, that corridor, a lot of, lot of family. Yeah. And so now, new home building. Our sister's here at the college. Yeah. Director of Women's mm-hmm. Services. You're here, Charlie. Um, now we got Postion and Morgan. We've got Richmond and Connie. Richmond oh, yeah. and Connie and Laura. Laura. Very good. And then we got nephews and nieces coming to the college too, mm-hmm. which is always yeah. good. You got to like set up a set up a beachhead, you know, mm-hmm. and get your foot in the door. We tried it. We made an Olympic take bid. Take the whole place over. We made an Olympic bid to get my parents here. Oh, yeah. We you lost know, that bid. Three, four years, three years ago. <laughs> the committee did ago, not approve. <laughs> the, committee, the committee went with Watertown mm-hmm. for, plus I think there were more daughters there. Right, mm. you know, which daughters yeah, take care of you? Probably a good move. Probably I mean, a good move. Yeah. We would say you don't want to do your parents' out. laundry and no, stuff we and... would, we would. It's just <laughs> oh, but like you know, two, you know, we got one sister there, you know, teaches school, has kids at at uh, you know at prep in Watertown, and then another sister's a nurse at Watertown Hospital, and so like you know, I think it was a good good choice. Yeah. I, w- I wouldn't maybe say that to her, but you know, right? We're still upset. <laughs> We're, We're still, still upset. upset. <laughs> you know, we thought we made it good. I really thought we had it. I thought we had the bit. We took him on a tour of New Ulm. Yeah. Took him to Shells. Took him <laughs> Yeah. Went up to the the kind of senior living place in town. Mm-hmm. It was good. Do you guys make those decisions, like those big family decisions, do you make them by committee a lot or? Oh, wow. So we, we were just well, we talking to, who are we talking to? We always felt bad whenever like somebody would, not felt bad, but just kind of like we became conscious of it especially like when we were dating and getting married that like when, especially with the younger siblings, when they would bring a significant other to an event, the shock that would sometimes accompany it. <laughs> Just how daunting. We never realized how daunting that was for them. Yeah. It was, oh, it was a board of outreach meeting the other day. And, uh, one of our Ryan and we're like, Ryan, you know, you just have to stick your head in there. Like, cause otherwise we will talk over each other. Nate and I talk over each other. <laughs> like that's what you do. I'll stop head. him from talking. Cause I know where he's going with it. And then I'll just, you know, 
charge ahead in a different direction. And then if you're someone on the sidelines, you're like, do I, do I, do I step into this? Am I going to get run over? And so like, and, for, and the answer is yes, probably, <laughs> but you got to do it. Get you got to do it. So, so yeah, but so, uh, just, uh, committee, um, yeah, we had one sister decided we were going to have, we were kind of having a semi-serious conversation about a 40th anniversary gift or something. Yeah. We've got a group me and. Sometimes it's annoying. You have to turn the notifications off. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, you can get a thousand messages in a day with yeah. fourteen kids on it. So. But they, uh, it was before GroupMe, and we were many of us were in person. And the the idea oh, was pass the scissors. They, yeah, they had a scissors, <laughs> which you should not have a weapon as your talking tool. <laughs> but like, if you had the scissors, you could talk. And then when you were done with the scissors, you had to pass it off, and then someone else could talk. <laughs> Why which, scissors? Which, uh, it, was, we, it was on the counter. It was, it was on the counter, which was yep. unwise in the beginning. And then all of a sudden, while someone was holding the scissors and talking, another scissors emerged. <laughs> from I think my, was it Becky's purse? Yes. She pulled out scissors yes. and she starts talking, and it was all over after that. So that's that's about as good as committee gets in our family. That's glorious. So. How is it? It's not too weak, is it? No, it's good. Okay, good. It's, very it's good. black rifle coffee. Black rifle. Excellent. It's good stuff. Excellent. I may go get some. You guys carry on. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like, coming from, where were you before you were in New Orleans? I was in Greenville, Wisconsin. So, uh, Appleton area, mm-hmm. kind of in between Green Bay and Milwaukee, not okay. exactly, but yeah. kind of. So, not too much culture shock coming over here. No, not at all. The Appleton outside of Milwaukee is the heartland of the Wells. Yeah. And so, I went from growing up in Milwaukee to serving in Appleton to serving in New Orleans, kind of the yeah. three epicenters of that's right of wells that's right dumb yeah yeah yep so yeah i was there for 11 years it was a resident missionary so so fun yeah yeah cool so what uh um you we can you kind of talked about knowing it was time to move on from that sure like what does that look like in your mind like how does that mindset you know what i'm saying like how do you how do you know like are there signs or something or oh are you having dreams and visions or yeah no no, no. so i <laughs> like i you just evaluated um like I said, I was the resident missionary, so I had been there the longest at the time. Um, and so while I was there, we, we went from like 900 or so members to like 2,300 members, and uh, which was amazing. You know, the, the, the area was booming, and our people were just so amazing. They kept bringing people, and you're just kind of going there. like You know, you're just sitting there going, this is incredible how God is blessing this. Yeah. You know, it's like low-hanging fruit, you know. You know, oh, you want to hear about Jesus? Okay, like <laughs> I loved going out, but um, quite frankly, most of the people just came, and and which was wonderful. Um, but because that was the case, I was kind of their first contact, you know, um, mm. and so that meant not only was I the longest tenured pastor for those nine hundred, but also I was the first contact for like the next yeah. fourteen hundred that came in, uh, and so my counseling load uh, was what a what a blessing, but it was it was immense. Um, mm. And so it was kind of one of those things where I said, you know, I, like I said, I love the manual, could have stayed there my whole ministry, uh, really mean that. Uh, but I kind of said, I wonder if somebody could actually do my role better, you know, yeah. if, if there was just kind of a reset now, you know, so that the, the other pastors maybe would take a little more of that counseling and, and somebody could really focus on that resident missionary position. So yeah. that's kind of, I mean, and finally I, I did liberate my calls, um, you know, I, I wasn't running from anything at Emmanuel, mm-hmm. even even with the counseling load. I mean, we were we were making it work, and it was a blessing and the, whatever. Um, but that was one thing that I thought, well, maybe maybe it's time. Uh, but then I always imp- uh, gauge calls by impact, 
And I think, you know, obviously, Emmanuel, what a wonderful impact on on that community. And, uh, you know, we were able to help some other congregations and stuff like that. Uh, but then I thought at MLC, man, I get to impact uh, the called future called workers mm-hmm. in a smaller way, but it, it, future called workers yeah. in our synod. And, and man, that's that then those I talked about ripple effects before those, you know, those moments, those lessons, you know, that that'll have a ripple effect over tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of yeah. people over the years. So that, that's kind of where I came to with it. Um, yeah. Yeah. To what extent is like your personal identity wrapped up in what you're doing? Does that, does that, does that question make sense? Mm. Like to what extent, like did, did you like uh, a character or not, that's not, you know, did your essence change, like shift, making that shift? Or yeah. did you do you kind of get to stay basically? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think I think I know what you're saying. Um, yeah, our our identity, especially in America, is so much wrapped up in what you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, I mean, just meet somebody for the first time, and what is one of the first questions, if not the first question after name? What do you do? Yeah, you know, what's your job? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think I try to remind myself again and again that uh, that is just so low on the totem pole as far as who I am, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, when, when I think of the vocations God gives me, you know, obviously I'm a child of God. I'm a, I'm a husband. I'm a father. You know, finally what I do, um, I'm going to live out those vocations and, yeah, hope, God willing, identify as a child of God. Um, and then I also get to be a professor, you know, I get yeah. to be a pastor. Um, and that, that's what drives me. Not so much. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm hitting your question, but yeah. I'm just kind of talking about it. No, I was just curious. Like I looking at myself, uh, like for me, one of the easy things, especially early on was falling into that, like professional Christian mode, you know, where like, you're, you're not a professional and a Christian, you're a professional at being a Christian. And sometimes I even thought that was like a good thing, and maybe it is in some ways. But uh, you lose that, uh, to sound evangelical, you lose that personal relationship with your Savior, which is a thing. I, a lot of people take that and run with it, but like it is a thing. And, and you, your your own faith starts to disappear into like your job. Um, I don't know. And, like I just, I, I so much in my in my ministry have identified as a teacher, you know, like, and that's, that's kind of a different thing too, where you, when you're a teacher whose, I mean, primary role is teaching the gospel, you know, of course your identity is wrapped up in that. And then you can stop doing that and you'd still be who you are, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I was just curious about, about the pastor side of things. So, well, I think uh, maybe, I think we always want to be careful not to become professionals, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like, that that um, I think devotional life helps guard against that that uh, the professional use of the word. So like you talked about, I think it's the same thing with teachers in the classroom. That um, why am I studying this text? Well, so that I can say something, you know, because that's yeah. my job. Yeah. Um, as opposed to starting with every text, you know, uh, it's so hard. I should say, it it can be done and it is done. You know, you want to preach the sermon to yourself first and all that that kind of stuff. Um, but it can very easily become a scavenger hunt for, you know, I'm into God's word on a scavenger hunt to find out what I can say because I got to get a sermon written. Um, mm-hmm. And I think devotional life helps guard against that professionalism um, that this is just for me, you know, and I'm not, I'm not doing this for, for anyone but me. I'm um, yeah. just me, 
just me and Jesus right now. So, yeah, I don't know if that touches yeah, on what you're talking does. about. Yeah. Actually, I, um, that's one of the reasons why I've kind of, I haven't stopped necessarily, but kind of leaned away, leaned more towards these kinds of podcasts, like these long form podcasts for this as well, is that like I, I found myself doing exactly that. Like all of my, you know, like what I, one of the big things I preach is uh, like every day, like I read, there's 31 Proverbs. So you read a proverb a day, you read a Psalm a day, and then you read whatever your Bible reading is for the day and doing those. And then all of a sudden you find yourself like, you know, like you said, almost headhunting. Like, I want to talk about this. So, and it's not a bad thing to be doing that research, but then it becomes all about that instead of like, you know, how can I grow? It's, it's a, it, like, you're not talking, I don't know. I don't even know. You put it into much better words than I did, I guess. But <laughs> yeah, that idea of, you know, losing, losing the relationship for the sake of the, the message or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a scary thing because I see myself do it so easily. Mm-hmm. It's a, yeah, but you know, as a as one of those things that I recognize in myself and terrifies me, then it's one of those things that you deal with because you're so conscious of it. Right, right, and and if you do, if you do fall into that professionalism, mm-hmm. then then as a pastor and as a teacher, you're going to lose joy in what you're doing because. Um, you're going to fall into the two pits of, you know, pride or despair, you know, like yeah. things are going great. Congregation's growing. People love me, you yeah. know, whatever. And you become proud. Boy, God is sure oh, yeah. lucky to have me. Right. And then the next day, you know, somebody comes in and chews you out and <laughs> um, you see like 10 people sleeping during your sermon. And, and then you think a despair, like, oh, woe is me. Uh, instead of that devotional life just grounds you in I'm not a professional, you know, with yeah. the word grounds you in law and gospel every day, reminding you you're a child of God and grace upon grace that he actually makes you a called worker. Like I always yeah. say to people, what, what better job is there? I get paid to read God's <laughs> word. That's, that's pretty yeah. awesome. So what is your personal, like both of you guys, what is your personal like Bible study and devotion look like? Well, I, well, I'll, I'll answer and then I'm going to get more coffee, but the, uh, so, uh, <laughs> Mine rotates. I do something uh, different usually every year. Um, I used to do through the Bible in a year, and and to me now that I've done that, how many times? Uh, that's it's too fast. Um, and actually, now that I say that, the the devotional plan I'm in this year will take me through the Bible in a year. But um, I, I've enjoyed probably most often just spending spending my time with you know one chapter, uh, mm-hmm. maybe one chapter in a Psalm or something like that. Um, I've used uh, the uh, Treasury of, now I'm going to forget what it's called, Treasury of Daily Merit. Uh, no, not Daily Merit. That sounds bad. That's not <laughs> it. Treasury of, oh my goodness. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, it's been a couple of years. Treasury since of Daily it. Prayer? No. Daily Prayer, something like that. But it's it's a you know a reading from the Confessions. It's a Bible reading. It's prayers. It's mm. Psalms. It's um, a liturgy, you know, that you actually work through like matins or something like that. Um, but probably my favorite is just, yeah, a, a chapter a day and really dig into that, you know, and yeah. if I have, if I have 15 minutes, so be it. Um, if I have half hour, 45 minutes, you know, what, yeah. kind of wherever it takes me. So. Yeah. Do you have like a set time of day or? Yeah. First thing in the morning. Like you, you Same, same chair, same spot every day, all that kind of stuff. Um, like, what's your do you yeah. have a routine around it? Yeah. So, I mean, like, wait, you wake up in the morning, you and like 
really first thing, like where you you hit the button on the coffee maker and sit on the couch and start reading, and then like five minutes into it, you go get that first cup of coffee, yep. and then you sit back down and keep yeah. reading. So, otherwise, otherwise, uh, I found that if I get into the office and I go, you know what, I'm just going to crank out these five emails or these five little things, and then I'm going to get to it. Those mm-hmm. five things will chase me around, chase me around all day, and then it'll be the end of the day. Mm-hmm. I'm about to go to bed and realize, oh, I didn't do devotion. Yeah. So, yeah, the devil's good. He he has tricked me yeah. numerous times with that. But yeah, I got to keep all those apps blocked on my phone until se- they get set, so they don't turn on until seven o'clock, so I can't access them until. Well, I have to go through like steps to get to them. Yeah, and then that ju- that really saves me uh, on those types of things because so I can go to music, and then I can see like. There's like text messages from family can get through, but then otherwise, you know, like nothing else can get to me besides the weather and, and music and then like the Dwell app. Mm-hmm. You're familiar with the Dwell app at all? It got introduced to me. Somebody sent me a, a video of Matt Chandler to like talking about the app and talking about how it makes him want to punch the devil in the face every morning. It's just a funny little video, but I love it. Like the, the, um, you can either do like, plans like get, get through the bible in a year or whatever or like right now for advent they have um you know like all the different advent readings and they split them up and kind of dice them up and it's you know five minutes of you know advent readings a day and that kind of thing but then they also have you know like read through the psalms or read through this book or whatever you can pick and choose and it's all there you can like choose different ambient music and different accents and different kinds of things you know so you can like sit there and listen to a guy from africa and like read the psalms in his african accent cool. with like jungle music in the background <laughs> and it's all like it'll get you going That's you know neat. you know you hear him like with that accent and everything talking about like prepare my hands for war like that kind of stuff you're just like woo yeah <laughs> um but I, I love that so i put that on when i go to sleep at night um, I don't remember where we were going with it. Oh, like just, I don't remember where I was going with that. That's all right. But it's By the good. way, Treasury of Daily Prayer. Treasury of Daily is. Prayer. Okay. I don't know where merit came up. We, <laughs> we generally as Lutherans don't do the merit thing. So You mind pouring me a cup too? Yeah, for sure. It's good coffee. What about you? Thank what do you, you. Uh, what do you, how do you do your daily Bible study and stuff? Uh, we, you know, at, at, uh, at seminary, uh, Professor Gurgle was now President Gurgle at MLC, but he was big on, you know, the... What they'd done a study of it was either in uh, Roman Catholic priests or other pastors or one of the synods, and they did a study, and it said that one of the biggest things among people who got out of ministry was a professionalism, where God's word was no longer devotional, mm-hmm. God's word was no longer, you know, they didn't, they didn't, uh, they didn't, the personal use, the daily devotion was was gone. They said there's something to take note of here, and just uh, you know. So we all made our plans, and I was going to go through the Bible. I was going to go through the confessions. I was going to go through everything. We mapped it out, and he was going to check with us a year, 18 months after. And so got that and had my idea, you know, first hour and a half in the morning, I'm going to do this and dedicate it to this. And, and within a week, that was out the window. And, <laughs> That's a big and then, chunk of time. Yeah, and then you go, and then even just trying to cut out any time, and then just kind of. But then the Lord has a way of you know, using difficulty and Mm -hmm. despair and other things to get your attention and to drive you back to his word to him. And so, um, you know, just trying to get back into that and then, you know, just simply having a little time with God's word. And then I, you know, uh, some summer quarter, I heard uh, Pastor Alan Linke. uh, He had a little devotional, kind of like Treasury of Daily Prayer and a few others like that. But, you know, where it just walks you through... um, You've got a Bible passage that's uh, or a prayer that's sometimes kind of the collect for the week or whatever, and and it's it's then you've got a a confession Bible passage 
you know, whether it's one of the prophets or um, just something, you know, one of the disciples said or, you know, and then you have uh, a absolution, a word of absolution, which is, you know, a promise of God or, you know, your sins are taken away or, and then you've got uh, reading from, you know, part of a psalm, a few hymn verses, and then you jump into a lot of different things you could do. But what I liked about it was it, sometimes you, you know, sometimes it could be, you know, that too could be a checking of the box each day. But, you know, I found that, you know, something in there would grab my attention. And sometimes it was, some days it was 15 minutes and some days it could be a lot longer than that, you know, as you're getting into it and your kind of thing. And then journaling, a little bit of journaling, um, I thought was helpful. You know, was it Luther? Luther's barber asked him, how, how should I pray? And he said, you know, just take a few verses of scripture. I'm paraphrasing, probably not anywhere near what exactly Luther said. They also probably would have spoke German. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could do it in like a German, <laughs> German accent, maybe. Um, but just what does God's word tell me here? You know, instruct. What does it make me thank God for? What does it make me confess? And what does it make me pray about? And so uh, there's a couple verses from scripture, usually, sometimes maybe as many as seven verses. Mm-hmm and then a paragraph from the Confessions, and then there's a little uh, compendium, three-book series, What Luther Says. Not the same as reading Luther, you know, at length, but just little snippets of what he says on different subjects. And so I, I try and go through that in day journal on the scripture, and then, you know, there's a little prayer and blessing at the end, and then go about my day, and I found that it's simple. It can be done quickly if you... You shouldn't maybe rush through it, but when you have to rush through it, yeah, you know, well, just to, you have just days, to get. <laughs> and then um, other other times it really opens your eyes to things, and it's 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 based on kind of the theme of you know the week in the church year. However, um, however, it 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 it's just for me, in right. a sense. But yet that comes out in a lot of different things I do or think yeah. about or say. Yeah, um, you know, it's a little bit because what Dave said. You know, you're on a you're on a mission going through that text for Sunday. You know, it can really quickly jump into that where you go, I got to have something to say. <laughs> it's, you know, it's the end, it's getting towards the end of the week and I haven't yep. really gotten the time I wanted. And and that's the thing. It's usually when, when it gets backed up, you know, whether yeah. through procrastination or just busyness that yep. then procrastination is the number one killer of creativity, you know, and, and then you're just stringing cliches together and, <laughs> and, no, and then you see, and that's when people start dozing and you go, yeah, that isn't good. I could have done better this week. <laughs> I know. <laughs> So do you guys, you, you talk a little bit about prayer journaling. Do you guys, like, how do you, how do you construct your prayers? That's been a, a, a it's been a, a thing for me lately is like finding a way and, and it, maybe it just does go in like cycles maybe. Um, but like I've, I've found that when I, you know, when I get, you know, get out of the habit, which happens from time to time, especially like, cause that's the thing, the first thing for me that gets eliminated. Like if I'm in a hurry, it's like, well, at least I read my Bible today. Like, I was, uh, so I, I read my Bible, you know, did some meditating or whatever. And then I didn't quite get to the prayers, but you know, and then that's the first thing to go. Um, but so when I'm really haven't been doing it for a while, like I just chunk it out and it'd be like, thanks. And then personal and then intercession. So like, what do I thank God for today? You know, what do I need? personally from from my father today and then you know pray for the people around me and then sometimes even that's limited by time like pray for as many people as i can and then you know when when you're done you're done Um, but then i've also found that when i'm kind of hitting my groove like when i'm in a good stride um that becomes it just feels too structured and almost like restrictive um and I, i used to i haven't really found a the next step from there yeah. As far as, you know. So 
Well, I mean, if you're wondering like what my actual structure of prayer is, I, I usually just use the pray acronym, like yeah. praise, repent, ask, yield. Um, and I physically keep a, a sheet of paper in my Bible um, that is my intercessions list. You know, when, when you say to somebody, I'll keep you in my prayers, um, actually do it, you know? Like, yeah. uh, it, it's, so I'll, I'll keep them on there and, you know, I'll cross things out. And then when I need yeah. a new sheet, I just kind of refresh the sheet. Uh, but then I'll also try to pray through um, whatever, especially whatever psalm I read, um, but, uh, but also whatever kind of like Nate was saying with Luther's four strands that uh, what does this lead me to pray for? I try to try to make it specific to that as well. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, how many, Dave, how many pens should a pastor have in his, in his, in his pocket? Every good pastor has at least two. Two and maybe a mechanical pencil. Yeah, that probably. Attracted, so you know. The answer to that depends on how, it depends on what point of the day it is. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of the day, you should have several. At Let the end of the day, you probably not have <laughs> yeah. any. Yeah. Let yeah. it be known I've never had a pen on me. <laughs> and I always borrow it from Nate, and he's yes, always he got I've like always four got a or five. Few. Because if Dad taught us one thing, you know, by example, many, many pastor. good things, many yep. good things. That's why you're my pastor. He always had like three pens, uh, pocket protector maybe even, and yeah. like a notepad. He made the pocket protector cool. He did. He did. <laughs> that's that that's good. And uh, But that's because, you know, someone will come up and say, hey, you know, pastor this, or can you pray for this person on Sunday? Or even if you're in the back of church, it's amazing how many times someone can have a prayer request in the back of church and you start heading towards the front, two people stop you, and you forget to even write it down. You know, mm-hmm. and I just, oh, I hate that. So having you, something to write it down. Get a little notepad. Yeah, a little notepad. Yeah. And then also mom always prayed through our family every night. You know, we always did. You know, and then whoever else was got tagged on the end, you know. You know, you know. God bless. You know, mom, dad, Becky, Kitty, Debbie, Erica, John, Angie, David, Sunny, Nate, Ben, Julie, Matt, Chris, Annie. You know, and then and then when the in laws would come in, you know, they get added in. Mm-hmm. Um, but just uh, do they get added in like when there's a ring, or like when oh, things start getting good, serious? Uh, it's got to be at least a ring. Yeah, a ring. Yeah. I, I would yeah. say a ring. Yeah. yeah. Um, and Otherwise, then, they're just at the bottom of the list somewhere. Right. right. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. But then uh, you know, praying. Was it uh, Professor Gurgle? You know, he said, you know, he'd show us what he did, and he'd you know do one side of the family one day, the next side the other, and then and then you know different people in his life to pray for. And I thought that was a cool thing, so I try and copy that, you know, that way. Because yeah. I always appreciate it. I know if if no one else is praying for me, my mom is praying for me every day. Mm-hmm. You know, mm. and she's got yeah. certain things that she prays for us on. So I thought that's always that's always a cool thing. Yeah. So, and yeah, praying for people. I like how you use you know. With Thanksgiving, you know, you start out with thanking God and then go on to the rest of the stuff. Yeah. You know, because there's always something to be thankful to God for. Yeah. yeah. And that's on the days it goes well. Some days, you know, everything gets, <laughs> everything gets, you know, bypassed over. And you like, you know, Dave said, you open up your email and shouldn't have yeah. done that. Shouldn't have <laughs> done, done that. <laughs> it's hard to close that floodgate. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. And Do being, you, it, when, when you have routine, I think it's, it's wonderful too. Mm-hmm. You know, like you have a thing that you, this is what you do and this is the normal time you do it. I think we're creatures of habit and those could be good habits or bad habits. And I think, you know, making that a good habit and doing it right away to set your day off on the right foot. I find maybe I'm more patient with people and more outward looking after that devotional time Mm -hmm. rather than inward looking or down or whatever else. And it's amazing how often God uses that devotional thought that you you took that day i mean obviously it's on your mind and god's word is applicable but yeah you wonder if 
just for me that day. He he went, you know what, you're going to need this. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I got to make myself a slave to those like routines because otherwise I will not get, I mean, I might not get anything done if I don't, like if I don't actually like walk through my daily routine every day, like mm-hmm. in the morning and then when I go to bed, like there's a reason they're hanging on the wall. <laughs> yeah. Because <Yeah. laughs> otherwise I won't do them and things I need to get done won't get so done. Are you an achiever? Is that one of your strengths? Uh, no. A box checker? No. Uh, you like checking boxes? I mean, no, I don't remember what my, I don't remember what the, the what it was. <laughs> I remember I was an, I was an orange on the other one. I don't remember what it was for that. Because <laughs> yeah. there's so what many animal, different tests. What fruit? <laughs> yeah. What, you know. I, I I know my own Disney princess. I'm Poca- oh, do you? Pocahontas. Yeah. Oh, you- <laughs> oh, I can see that. I can see that totally. Totally. <laughs> I love all those personality things. Oh, anyway. my goodness. Sorry, I didn't mean to take you <laughs> off track. No, but you I need just, you need your daily yeah, routine. Well, yeah, and, and, and like you say the biggest part of it obviously is 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 prayer and devotion. Um, but then it also just gets into like having the dishes washed and getting the laundry done. And like if I don't clean on Friday, stuff's not going to get clean. So you just got to clean up on Friday no matter what. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, like if I don't go grocery shopping at the same time, I'll run out of food because like it sounds so whatever but it's just the reality i guess of how my brain works right and uh and the other thing is when you make something routine like that um you can kind of do it um not that you want to do your your bible study and stuff mindlessly but you're not fighting that battle of convincing yourself to do it you know you're sitting there like you know i really should like you just you find yourself sitting there doing it and you go oh i'm glad i'm doing this right Instead of having to fight that daily battle every day of I really need to get down and read my Bible, but I don't feel like it. Yeah, and it could be a good that can be a good thing to drive you to it. I think like, you know, you're a you're a weightlifter and you know, you're very conscious of that and, and faithful with that. And I think like the day you don't lift when it's a day you should lift. <laughs> COVID. Like, yeah. you know, it, it kinda grates on you. you oh, know, absolutely. You go, like there's something it's like there's something off about your whole day. Yeah. When it literally, like, parts of your body start to feel off and, like, your head's not in the same space, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, Yeah, so it's getting into that, you know. Yeah. The same is true with your your family devotions um, or your family routine, I should say. One of the blessings of having taken this call is that, um, you know, I can have dinner with the family more often, you know, and and if I have to go, you know, if I go back to the office after supper, that's one thing. But, I mean, but, like, where I'm not caught in meetings during the supper hour or anything like that usually um but yeah so at supper like even if i know that i have to go back to the office and i just kind of want to hurry up and get back mm-hmm. there um my kids don't let me you know yeah. like they will yeah. put the bible in my hands and say okay it's time for yeah. devotion so we we always do our family devotion at supper if you don't it it's not supper you know yeah. and the same is true with going to bed there is no I can't imagine a scenario where they go to bed without saying prayers and singing songs. Yeah. Like that, yeah. that is just the routine. Like, and even as they're getting older, you're still doing that. Yeah, for sure. That's that's for has sure. it shifted and changed at all since they were little kids? Um, no, I mean, no, really not. Uh, I should say that the older kids now that are in high school, <laughs> um, they will, you know, they'll they'll sit. They'll always usually be around when the younger girls are going to bed, and so they'll okay, whoever's yeah. in the room is joining in the prayers and the songs. Right, and so, but yeah, I, I wouldn't say that you know. W- finally, they go to bed after we do. So yeah, I suppose yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we always remind them say your prayers. But yeah, yeah for especially the grade school mm-hmm. up up through eighth grade for sure. That's the routine. Yeah. yeah. How about you? Like, what does your family routine look like? 
Yeah, I think uh, COVID was... Which was also our routine growing up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You know, just with all this devotion talk, you know, just living in God's grace because, you know, we don't do it perfectly any day, you know, and some days we totally mess it. But um, for family, you know, COVID was a blessing to reset because, you know, um, parish ministry, you know, when are people available? It's usually evenings. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I try and I try and front load that in the weeks um, and kind of make that my, my second shift part of the week. Um, but usually I can get home for dinner. You know, that's the blessing of living close to church and a wife that's understanding of that. And so we'll try and do that. And then at the end of dinner, you know, that's when we break out the devotion book. You know, during Advent, it's kind of cool because you, you got the opportunity to haul out candles and stuff and, you know, make more tactile stuff for the kids. Because we our youngest is four, you know, our oldest is seventh grade. So they're they're still in that pocket where they're, you know, pretty excited about it and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, And then just picking out a devotional that, you know, we like. I was trying to read just from scripture, but I don't know if the little ones were catching it as much. So we'll use like one of the little visits with God or, you know, something from My Hand and His by Herman Gockel or... Um, some of those and, uh, just a short little devotion, ask a few questions to the kids and then say our evening prayer, you know, we were spreading it out, but sometimes in the, in the trying to get the kids to bed fight, you know, it's maybe prayer at, at, uh, yeah. you know, at, at the end of dinner was, was good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's been the nice thing of the, now that my kids are all out, you know, in school, mm-hmm. you know, that. The tran- that would be a transition from doing like little visits with God to just scripture, just read scripture and mm-hmm. you know go around the table and say what was one wow thought or one thought that you know struck you, and yeah, it's just cool to see what they come up with and what they appreciate or whatever and yeah, and then that that makes for a pretty good devotion, and uh, and then you know end with prayer and yeah. That, so I've I've appreciated that because not that little visits with God isn't deeply mm-hmm. theological and like no, sometimes very, you're very inserting, inserting a few more things under there too. So. Sure, yeah, um, but yeah, it's usually very very simple and moralistic and you're bringing the cross in there and yep, Jesus being able to and, focus, you know, on what the Bible focuses on, which is you know the the justification by grace through faith as the core, and being able to bring that into every devotion and teaching, really modeling for them how to read scripture, um, that's been fun. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys have any, like, uh, rites of passage or anything going on in, at, at home? Mm, beating Contra. <laughs> that's probably one. It's so easy. Yeah. Well, it's not, not, not easy the first time. Someone's <laughs> not showing you the tricks. That's true. <laughs> you know. What do you mean by rite of passage? Like? Um, well, like, some families will do, uh, well, it'll even be things like, you know, you know your daddy date, like once a week, uh, oh. once a month, or something like that, or like which I think a lot of families, especially families with like uh, um, you know, business people, like parents who are business people and things, where they're not around a yeah. lot, especially like, like when the kids are around, is you know, yeah. um, you know, they they get really intentional about. It. But even just like you know, when you're 15, like we're gonna go on a hike or something like that. Like a lot of those things are starting to make a comeback. And you guys are obviously very active in the daily lives of your kids anyway, so right. maybe those things become less important as you become more active on a day-to-day. You don't have to be as intentional about it maybe. but I think uh, birthday breakfast for okay. for us. So I it's just dad and the kid, and we go out okay. for birthday breakfast, and I let them do lunch if they want. Uh, so that's one thing. and then <laughs> It's my birthday. Don't, get me, yeah. don't make me get up that early. Yeah, 
and almost every <laughs> Friday night uh, is movie night. You know, so we make the okay. I make the popcorn. You know, you buy the the seasoning. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The, like yep. the white cheddar or yeah. the nacho cheese. Nacho cheese is a good one. Garlic parm, yep. whatever, and like just make a ton of popcorn, soda, movie night. Turn the fireplace on. That's kind of become a family, especially with COVID. That I mean, we wanted our kids to see the classics. Yeah. You know, so they're gonna they're gonna watch all the Karate Kids. Obviously, mm-hmm. <laughs> need the Indiana Jones. <laughs> yep. Got to have the Star Wars. Got to you know like yep. make sure that they're they un- get the classics. Absolutely. So that's kind of what. Yeah, it's become a. We always had movie night on Fridays, but it's, half, it's very half a cup of Grandpa Gruff. <laughs> half a cup of Gruff of a Wildwood. Wildwood, Wildwood Cola. Oh, Wildwood. Wildwood mm-hmm. root beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Got the trees there. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I, I like that the, those things are making a comeback. I mean, I, maybe they could be overdone, but I think it's good to mark those and uh, yeah. to take the time to, to do that, you know, before all of a sudden they're, they're out of the house because it goes very quickly. Mm-hmm. Well, I think yeah. sometimes they become kind of an excuse for bad behavior as a parent too, like bad habits. Where you're like, well, I, I mean, I spend we we have a date every month, so you know, mm-hmm. I don't really need don't really need to show up for this, that, or whatever. Because at least we get some time together. Mm-hmm. I think it's easily because it comes an excuse like that. Um, but like I said, there are other families where they wouldn't be doing it otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know, where that mm-hmm. you know that if it, that wasn't built in. That might not be happening. Well, it goes back to the routine thing, right? Yeah. If if you need it, you know, yeah, I never, I don't true. need to make eating part of my routine. Right. Like that, I will do anyway. Yeah. You know. So, but if if you need to, right? Yeah. Yeah. That could be a good thing. What yeah. about like personally? You guys have you know like uh, I don't know, like not not daily routines or maybe like I'm trying to think how to phrase this, like you know your man stuff you do or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, like it's uh, at the end of every like at the end of every term as a teacher, like you get to the end of it when I whenever I finish my grades, like I put in the grades. The next thing I do is go like go to a pub or somewhere or whatever and just like eat some junk for like get a good old pub burger and eat mm-hmm. like actually buy the cheese curds and you spend like forty bucks on a meal, right? And mm-hmm. it's all junk food, but just that one time and you mm-hmm. you know you just kind of reward yourself a little bit or uh, like. Um, uh, for a long time, I did just like Saturday morning, and ate, just ate pancakes on Saturday morning. It just seems like such a silly thing, but especially when I was living alone, like in Milwaukee, you just like listen to a good podcast because I didn't have time during the week, and make a big load of pancakes. And every once in a while, some buddies would come over and join me, and like you kind of became a thing. Um, and then uh, you know, I just really haven't done it a whole lot lately. But even just like you know having a day at the lake with the guys every summer or stuff like that. Do you guys have any of that going on? Like some guys will do fishing trips, you know, things like that, yeah. you know, or like get together and you go on a hike or something. What's do you guys it? have any of that going on? Well, morning basketball was, was oh, one yeah. thing for a while, but yeah. um, I would say we, we've got a group of guys that we do cards with, um, what, probably every other month, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, that's, those are, those are fun. Just the yeah. guys, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> if anything. I think, you know, like we, growing up, we just had like one, we had fourth commandment kind of trips 
you know, we go to this this relative, that relative, you know, grandma and grandpa on either side, and then I like you know, that Fourth Commandment trips, mm-hmm. you know. But then and you call the, them vacations. Yeah, but, I mean, it's it's a this vacation from normal, right? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the blessing was, you know, we get to see cousins, and that was just yeah. fun, you know. I'm using that forever now. Fourth Commandment trips. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like Obligation, that. Vacation. So, yeah. <laughs> no, my father-in-law said that you know we'd ever, you know, he talked about his weeks of vacation, and we had the Fourth Commandment vacation this week, Fourth Commandment vacation, then we did a family vacation. <laughs> So, um, but you know, we, we did, uh, we get to go heaven on earth was the cabin, you know, up North renting some cottages and, uh, seven mile and, um, you know, our cousins would be there and we just, the parents would all hang out and then the kids would just get lost all over the place or in the water and, you know, on the beach. And it was just every age kind of had something to do. And we'd look forward to that. Um, and then just other times you get together, you know, I guess those are the, those are the outlets I haven't. You know, we just kind of, when you get a moment to take it to, you know, cause it can get pretty, you can get pretty closed off from, you know, friends. And, you know, if you don't kind of take those mm-hmm. moments, we don't have a set time. I guess maybe that doesn't always work, but you know, like bas- talk- morning basketball yeah. was always good. You know, you're like t- doing stuff with the guys or You're whatever. talking about guy stuff. Like, well, yeah, I don't know. I just. Or just personal you know, like, stuff or. Um, I don't know. It seems like a lot of people lose their you know, themselves in what they're doing, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. And then there's a lot of people that take that way too far then um, and ride the fence on the opposite direction um, where, like, you're taking time away from your responsibilities in order to, you know, do your self-care. You right. know, and, and, yeah. and, like, the self-care concept, a lot of people scoff at it because so many people take it so far. Like, there's no reason you need a mani-pedi every week, you know, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And I say that intentionally. There's a lot of dudes that do crap like that. You know, like yep. you don't yeah. need that. You don't need to spoil yourself. Right. Um, but there is a legitimate, you know, like you need to have friends. You need to have, you know, <laughs> things that you're doing that, you know, take you away from family for a time and then come back and things that you can, you know, yeah. whether it's physical or, or mental or whatever it is, things that break the break the rhythms and, and give you a chance to reflect and do all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like I see too many, especially men in ministry, I see too many that just don't have friends right. or like they think they have friends, but it's like when you start asking questions, well, what does a friend, like what does a good friend look like? And they start talking about that and you say, do you have any of those? And the reality is no. Um, and that's one of the huge blessings about coming back here is like Nick is my best friend in the world, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, I was his best man. Someday he'll be mine, kind of thing, you know. And active in each other's lives, even from a hundred, you know, three hundred miles away. Uh, what a blessing to be like literally side by side. Like can't avoid each other if we wanted yeah. to, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you guys probably feel the same. You guys got kind of built in with each other here. Yeah, two um, blocks away from I don't know, each other. But just see too many, <laughs> too many men that, yeah, who lose all of that. Yeah, and uh, like it gets hard. It's hard. Men aren't wired most of the time to call each other up and be like, hey, well, let's just spend some time together. Mm-hmm. Like, right. The first question you're going to ask is, what are we going to do? Yeah. What are we going to do with our time together? I don't know. In, in my professional life, I've always, um, I, I always say, you know, joke that I'm a, I mean, we all do, you know, I'm a terrible friend. Like I, I've got guys <laughs> that I'm very good friends with that we, we do not communicate often, you know, but yeah. then when we do get together, then it's, you know, because we do live a long way away from each other, whatever. When we get yeah. together, it's like, you know, didn't skip a beat. As far as those, I think it is important to have those, you know, those daily, weekly kind of interactions. And I've always done that in my professional life just with coworkers. So at Emmanuel, I was so blessed. Um, 
you know, like I said, I was, I was there by myself for a little bit and then, you know, my associate came and just, you know, what a blessing that was. Wait, there's know, only because, two of you with well, over no, 2,000 and then, members? And then a third oh, okay. one came and then a fourth one came, but, but I'm, just, I'm, <laughs> right. I'm especially like, you know, just having, a, having yeah. an associate who is also a friend and yeah. being able to, you know, have the same, we, we live in the same world, right? We, we, we you know, can relate to absolutely everything. Yeah. Um, and now I have... Oh, well, you have so much in common then, too, right, on that. Right. Yeah. And now um, I have that at MLC. What a blessing. Um, so at MLC, we don't get our own offices. Um, we, well, some people do, but <laughs> most of us have to share. And uh, and so my office mate, you know, it, it's every day that, you know, every day we're bouncing theological stuff off each other, you know, what we're going through, you know, literally bouncing off of each other because there's no literally (laughs) right. Exactly. And, uh, and yeah, I would say at least once a day, you know, he'll come over and sit on the, sit on the chair and we will just chat for 15 minutes. That, I mean, I, I think it's an important break, um, connection point, you know, that kind of thing. And obviously my brother, Nate, what a blessing. We, we've never, in ministry, we just kind of were scattered to the four winds, you know, all all thirteen of us now, um, and so I would have never imagined this blessing of you know being able to be a couple blocks. So I would say yeah. probably once a week we get together, mm-hmm. right, and just yeah, chat for a while. That, yeah, yeah. No, that's important. Yeah, I would say I would say many of the same things. I think. Uh, it's a constant struggle, I think, as a guy. You know, we take so much value from what we do and what we accomplish mm-hmm. and what people are depending on us for. Um, and then you got family, you know, responsibilities and, you know, um, spouse responsibilities and trying to work all those relationships that I think one of the things that often falls by the wayside or gets less intentionalized is that either personal time or time with, you know, other guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, And then it's like... You want it to be spontaneous and just happens, but then sometimes it seems manufactured, and it's like the, right. you know, like that doesn't always work. Yeah. Um, but doing stuff together and doing it like so, like, um, you know, I I've just been re- you know, I'm 39, staring at 40, and you know, young to many people, old to my catechism students. And <laughs> We're all old to them. I know. It doesn't matter ancient, where you are. Ancient. It's like 40 is 60 to them. It doesn't. Oh, I it doesn't. also love, like, they have no perspective on it. Yeah. So they, they yeah. think all their teachers are like 60, whether they're 25 or actually 60. <laughs> yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> There's no difference to them between the two. Yeah. Anyway. Although, to be fair, you are like more than twice their age. That's so true. I think of, true. Like That's somebody true. who is twice my age is an old person. Yes, they are. That's a valid point. That's a valid point. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, looking right, at looking at 40 and the kids getting bigger and how fast, I mean, how fast they're growing, you know, and that it's busy and COVID's kind of hopefully Lord willing winding down and, and other things are going to pick up and the busyness is going to pick up more. Um, and so it's just intentionalizing, trying to enjoy where they're at, you know, where, you know, and then growing with my wife and then, you know, just doing that. And then having those outlets that are like dual purpose. You know, like basketball was good exercise some mm-hmm. days. Um, and then, <laughs> and then, uh, except when we, except when we guard really each other, when we guard each other then we just, we just kind of walk down the court. <laughs> three point if you're line, not going to run, I'm not going to run. <laughs> well, those are, those are some of my favorite moments too, where like all of a sudden somebody takes off and you hear somebody across the gym go, no, why, what are you running for? You're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stop. But yeah. that, that, you know, that turns into a little, a little, it's almost a little dirty. Like you start walking and so the guy defending you walks and then you take off and he goes, yeah. oh, come on. <laughs> that was mean. <laughs> well, 
welcome, welcome to the game. But you know that 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 scratches two itches. You know that it's it's taking care of yourself physically, but also that camaraderie. You're doing mm-hmm. something, but it's not like the nice thing about it is, it's not like the whole day. Yep. It's an hour. It's set. It's boom, and then you're going to the rest of your day, and you kind of yeah. You had that, and then also you got people that you know you're regularly in contact with, and they're nearby, yeah. and that if you ever do want to get together or get together, you know, at a at a you know establishment or whatever, you know, it, it's there. You know? Yeah, and there's no like contract involved with it either. You know, no, like you can't yeah. make it for a while. You can't make it for a while. Mm-hmm. Like you just kind of it's a group of guys to get together, and that's what it is, yep. and it's good. So, All right, so as we, sorry not to interrupt you, no, here, but as we it. wind down a little bit, we got the two questions we got to ask everybody that comes on the show. Cool. The first one, oh, I should have prepped you for this. Oh well. well that's um, right. So if you could go back and talk to your eighteen-year-old self, what would you tell him? You got one thing you can tell him. The best answer ever so far was Larry Clark. He just said, "I'd punch him in the face." Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. But otherwise, um, yeah. What would you say to your eighteen-year-old self if you could talk to him? Eighteen-year-old uh, self. Well. Go to bed. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. Go to bed. Like, you, you, there's some wisdom there. Yep. Study, study, and go to bed. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> still catching up I, on that. Sleep. I figured it out. I figured it out. I figured it out. First year of college was a little rough as, as far as <laughs> that goes. You know, don't start the homework till one in the morning, oh. and then try to get up oh. for seven thirty class. Yep. Like, you idiot, yep. just go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But I was really good at Mario Kart. Really good. Really good. I mean, I got hours of You practice. were good. You were good. That was your game. <laughs> that, that was, was my game. game. That was my video game. That was sure. one where I'm like, how did he get so good at this? Because usually we were all pretty even. You know, we had the same experiences, and then you went away and all of a sudden. Again, like, start, starting homework <laughs> at 1.30. It was just on another Because level. Mario Kart took precedence. Yeah. So <laughs> you, have to, you have to exert your dominance <laughs> before you can really focus. I've got to take down all the challengers, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not walking away with the belt, right? right? Yeah, yeah, I just, you know, I think, um, you know, go to bed is very wise. I think, uh, you know, just stay in God's word, stay around God's people. I think, you know, one of the the constants that you, you know, you talk about having role models and people that you'd emulate and kind of part of the purpose of this podcast, you know, having um, people that you're talking to and having these conversations with, but, you know, you learn so much from that. So God's word, then the application of it, and then God's word and God's people, and then you know, kind of kick you back onto the right track, yeah. which often needs to be done, yeah, Absolutely. at least in my life. So, yeah. Well, I think the other weird thing about that, the way you, when you start thinking about that question, is what could you say that would actually like that I would have actually listened to? You know, like what could I have said to myself that I've actually would have heeded and like taken to heart? You know what I'm saying? And uh, I don't think I've figured it out yet, what I, <laughs> what I would have actually heard from, you know, some dude walking up to me saying, hey, man, this is going to be important. You know, listen to this. I don't think, I still haven't figured it, I'm sure there was, would have been something. Because yeah. there were men who did come into my life and just say, like, one thing, you know, like one piece of advice that's never left. But I don't know. And the other weird thing about it is, like, there's a lot of those experiences that I really wish I could have avoided them looking back, but then I also wouldn't be who I am and where I am, and I kind of like who I am and where I am. Right. I was just going to say, I, yeah, like, I, I, I was very impressionable. And and so I did take to heart, you know, when people would say things. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I was, I don't hate my 18-year-old self, you know, like, right. yeah. you know, like, yeah. I, and, yeah. and those things that I did go through taught me lessons, and 
now I know, like, yeah. don't go to bed at three thirty in the morning. Like that's, that doesn't work well for the next day. Yeah. Like it only took me like a year to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're 19, it, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get, get it through the knucklehead. Yeah. But I think mm-hmm. that actually like going back to what we were talking about before, the idea of, you know, having a difficult life so that I might be with him. I was like, I, I, I like, there's just a bunch of things like in my tw- early twenties, like if I could have just avoided all of that, like, my life would look very different and there would have, I, I just could have avoided all of that pain by not being an idiot, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. But then I also, I don't think I, if I had been able to avoid all that pain, I think I would still be an idiot, you right. know? I would have never gotten past being an idiot because I would have never had a good reason to. And uh, you say where that, that pain, that self-inflicted pain right. serves you very, very well yeah. after a while. Yeah. Yeah. What it advice really did you give your 18-year-old self? Uh, oh, I, uh, I... You're not supposed to turn it around would, me. Well, <laughs> I, he asks the questions. He doesn't answer it. Yeah, there's a reason you're here talking to me. Uh, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Um, I would probably just... you know, I, I, I really didn't have any sort of real devotional life at all whatsoever. And uh, it almost feels like a cop-out to say that. And I also know I wouldn't have listened to myself. Yeah. Um, but I think maybe then, since I probably wouldn't have listened to myself... That uh, warning of, you know, like, there's things coming down the pike. And when those things hit you, and when you start dealing with the business, you know, um, the first place you should turn, there's going to be a whole lot of other things you can turn to. They're not going to solve your problem. Um, The first place you need to turn when those things come down the pike um, is back to your Bible, back to your Savior. Um, and diving into that for the strength, diving into that for hope, for help, for guidance, for all of that, instead of seeking out anything and everything else. Like I remember sitting in my dorm room at MLC, typing into Google, what does it mean to be a man? And there was like one website, it was the Art of Manliest was the only people that were talking yeah. about it, and it was just a blog, you know? It was just some lawyer who had a hobby. Um, and now you can get all kinds of stuff, and none of it's any better, you know? It's all just like this visceral, you know, surface-level stuff and if instead of typing into google what does it mean to be a man and trying to learn how to whittle so i'd feel better about myself you know if i had just opened up my bible and said well what did david like what did david do mm-hmm. you know like there's a whole, there's a list of how many mighty men you know mm-hmm. clearly the lord thought they were awfully mighty men mm-hmm. what did they do yeah you know and, and looking at that at that instead and taking points from there instead of looking at the world and saying like you know show me how to be a man you just say like lord you made me mm-hmm. you know what what did you want me to be like what was your design yeah he gives plenty plenty yeah. of information about that yeah. yes he does yeah. has anybody ever harkened back to uh back to the future too and said what well, i'd i'd give my 18 year old self a sports almanac from, <laughs> from uh, yeah. <laughs> that would have been dangerous as would've... it was for them as it was if we learned one lesson from if back we to le- the future right, too right. be a lot better at gambling probably <laughs> yeah. exactly. if, I, if i did yeah no. all right the last one would be then what what uh, what is a christian man or what makes a christian man a man of god mhm i think being formed by god's grace and forgiveness and finding that each day and then living in that because the world never teaches you that. We're never going to find that within. And you don't always hear it from others. But to live in that forgiveness and grace and and then try to 
emulate that to those whom God has put into your life and blessed you with? Um, I would say understanding that your Christianity is the one and only business of mm-hmm. life. Um, you know, if you describe the Christian life in one word, necessary would have to be the word, like Jesus did. You know, you must, oh, must, you know, awesome. take up your cross and, and follow me. Um, that all the other stuff doesn't really matter as long as you, you keep that focus. Uh, that's a true Christian man, right, who keeps Christianity as, as his identifier and not not what he does for a living yeah. or any of that stuff. So Or I what his like hobbies that. are. So I like that. Necessary. It's yeah. a means to an end. Yeah. My father wants me to be with him. In order to get there, we got to do this. Yep. Yep. It's simple. Yeah. Yeah. The way I, the way I usually phrase it is something to the effect of like, forget what the world says. You know, who was I made to be? I was designed specifically for this. So mm-hmm. looking upward and saying, all right, what would you have me do? Mm-hmm. Doesn't get any simpler than that. Well, actually, it right. does. You could just say necessary. <laughs> right. There you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Any final words, fellas? No, thanks for having yeah, us on. I appreciate you yeah. taking the fun. time. Fun, yeah, fun so. just to chat anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a good excuse good. to do it. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's kill, a, that's kill what two I birds kind of was saying beforehand. Stone, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of saying beforehand the idea of, like, it'd be, it would be a little weird to be like, you guys want to come over and have coffee and talk about big life stuff? <laughs> be like, why? <laughs> you know? right, right. You put a microphone in front of your face, now you got a reason to talk about right, it. So. Right. All right. Awesome. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. God bless you, Charlie. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.